walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, here we go again. Right now. Let's go. Me and you. Toe to toe. So we can rock. We can roll. Fucking limp biscuit, man. Relentless on this show. <laughs> well, I, I love me some limp biscuit. First, first of all, hi, welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, the hardest part of the ring. How are we doing? How are we doing? But yeah, fuck limp biscuit, as we were saying. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I, I do. I do like limp biscuit. Actually, they're a. Um, I wouldn't even say a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty about liking them. But good googly moogly on this show, WrestleMania 19. Look, if there, if I had like a um, one of the old the old pie graph gimmicks for this show, right? As far as like what occurred throughout this three hours and forty five minutes of programming, if I had a pie chart, it'd be like I don't know, forty five percent Limp Biscuit. It'd be like thirty percent. Miller Lite girls shaking their stupid tits. It'd be um, 15% uh, Triple H crawling over to Booker T to make the pin, and then the rest is just whatever else happened. Um, but that's basically what we're about to get into today with WrestleMania 19. You know this show. You love this show. Uh, if you don't know this show, you're, you are about to learn today about some WrestleMania 19 from 2003. One of the most, I'll say this, one of the most notable WrestleManias of all time. You could say for good reasons or for bad reasons, but I will say this. This was not just another WrestleMania. There was a lot of stuff happening on this show. Like I said, for positive reasons, for negative reasons. But overall, I mean, look, when I before I turned the show on, in my head, WrestleMania 19 was like easy top three WrestleMania. Easy top three. After watching it and after talking about it, I don't think it's an easy. I, I would say maybe top five. Probably, perhaps. It, it, you know, depending on the day that you ask me. I mean, you definitely have 17 as number one for me, right? This is all this is all personal. You definitely have 17 number one. I think 39 was fantastic. Might be a bit biased since I was there, but I think. You, you probably agree, you know, watch it at home. Overall, very fantastic show. I would even say 38 is definitely top five. Um, 30s up there. 31 is really good. It's fucking, oh, it's just, there's a lot of good WrestleManias. But 
WrestleMania 19, I would say, is, is a top five, but um, it's not without its speed bumps. Let's say that. But also a lot of really great stuff on this show. We talk a good amount about this show, so I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. But we're in Seattle. We got Kurt and Brock up top in the main event. We got Triple H versus Booker T for the World Heavyweight title. We got Vince McMahon versus Hulk Hogan. 20 years in the making. We got the Cruiserweight title. We got the women's title. We got the tag team titles. We got pillow fights. We got A-Train. Uh, those aren't related, by the way. A-Train is not in the pillow fight. Although he might have. He, he probably should have been. Um. Well, now I'm all boned up just thinking about it. So we might as well get to the show while I take care of that. But first, let me give a shout out to my guests, Kyle and RN from the Smacked Raw podcast. Returning to the show. Uh, I've actually, I've not had both guys on together on the show. I've had them each individually a few times. But uh, brought both boys on to have a good old time talking about a WrestleMania. And we have a <laughs> very fun time talking about this show. I mean, I'll just say this. RN has... <laughs> RN goes on a rant at some point about Booker T and in the Triple H match. I, I won't spoil what it is, but it, it it made me almost choke on the water that I was drinking at the moment. So <laughs> a lot of hilarious stuff all throughout the show from both guys. A lot of good insight. And uh, if you want more of that from these guys, go check out the Smack Raw podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as live on Twitch. Check them out on YouTube, on X, on Omegle, Instagram, MySpace, all that stuff. All their info in the description below. A really good podcast. They do their uh, weekly rewinds of the wrestling industry every week. And they have a good old time with it, which is uh, sometimes <laughs> what a lot of people forget is that wrestling is fun. But these guys make it fun. They have a really fun podcast. So go check it out. And with that, I think, oh, hey, follow me, I guess, while you're at it, at Apron Bump on all the social medias, if you're not already. If you're watching on YouTube, by the way, if you're, if you're unfamiliar, there is a video version of this podcast on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, give it a like, give it a comment, subscribe to me, poke me in the belly button until I giggle like, a, like the Pillsbury Doughboy and do all those things in that order. With that, I think we should just dive right into this bad boy. We got a lot of Limp Biscuit to talk about. We got a lot of Fred Durst to discuss. So let's get right into it, baby. WrestleMania 19 with myself and Kyle and RN from the Smacked Raw podcast. I hope you're feeling better, though. Oh, I am. Yeah, man. It was just, I just got a, a, a really pussy of a stomach i ate some hot food and it just wasn't working that night oh do you not like hot food oh i love hot food i think i think the years of drinking and like smoking has mm -hmm. killed my taste buds so like i can only eat like the hottest of shit like to get good flavor it's just my theory because i don't hmm. know yeah i, I mean you can find flavor in things that aren't hot or you know yeah no i know i know but it's it it doesn't interest me more more often than not so it's, it's how's your asshole doing? Right, it's good. Nice. It's good. It's got a tolerance by this point. <laughs> I was about to say, you know it's I mean? got to be gaping at this point. At least a little chiseled <laughs> around the end gaping. or charred. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not here to judge you. You do what you want to do, man. Oh, gotten caught off guard a couple times, though. I'm like, what the fuck did I eat? No, like, I oh, feel yeah. that. Oh, yeah. What we got there? You share the class? Oh, shit. Uh, V8s, man. 
That is, that is my thing now. So I drink, I got V8 spicy hot right here. And of then, course it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, V8 energies. Um, I have no idea if it's healthy, but. That's why you slowly. just got to double fist them and just kind of just. Oh, no, no, man. The spicy hot's gone. them both in your. Oh, spicy okay. hot's gone, man. Yeah. I see. So. No. Turning into my dad. Yeah, just more we all and more do, as don't time we? Goes on, man. Unfortunately, ate, we all do. <laughs> I thought it was the most disgusting drink when I was a kid. I was the smell of it. Everything turned me off, man. And now mm. I, I I love the shit. Like I I fucking crave V eight all the time. Isn't it like tomato? It's like a tomato drink, right? Or is it just yeah. like yeah, one flavor? That that spicy hot is like uh, tomato soup with like celery salt. Is what it tastes like. Mm. Yeah, and, sounds appetizing. Uh, can't get enough of it. Well, uh, speaking of destroying assholes, we got WrestleMania 19 <laughs> to talk about today, boys. So you guys were able to catch the show today or yeah. whenever you watched it? Yeah, yeah man. I, 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 I watched it all. Sam, I watched it all this afternoon. Well, we'll obviously get into all the individual stuff, but just overall thoughts on the show after watching it back? Um, <laughs> I, this was the show that uh, uh, WWE just proclaimed its love for uh, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, like thank you for that video package. Biscuit. Yeah. WWE's favorite band. That that slipped by me in the couple times that I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, hearing that that fact. That and then uh the other big thing was like uh uh Matt Hardy of all people was really ahead of the ahead of the game predicting like the internet mm. craze with that Mattitude, the Matt oh, facts yeah. and stuff. That's that's well before any of us were like obsessed with the internet. Nice. And, uh, Matt, Matt yeah. Hardy saw it coming, man. As he does, always does. What about you, RN? What do you think about it? Uh, a lot of those pay-per-views do not age well. I'm being oh. 100% honest. Like, they were all right. And then the uh, catfight girls, like, I'm like, I totally forgot about the diva, like, pillow fights and shit like that. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Oh. What is this? You- they got more time than the women's, than the actual women's match on the yeah. car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what got me about that was the the way the crowd reacted. The crowd were hot for it, man. Yeah, like really? they, you know, oh yeah, man. Like I remember yeah. hearing, I remember it was the segment where they were in the back and they were doing that little skit. Um, I think like whatever match they were looking forward to or whatever, but they were mm-hmm. backstage, and then they started doing the joke like in the in the ring in the bed, and I could hear the crowd fucking popping every time she said in the bed. And um, <laughs> not saying that there wouldn't be a portion of the crowd yeah, now yeah. that would still pop, but you feel like you'd hear more groans. Right. Um, no. Well, for the, yeah, for the promo, for it, sure you don't they think were so? hot. You don't think so? Man, no, man. It's still the same fucking weirdos fucking at those shows. It's just a different setup. Those fucking nerds would be creaming their jeans if they still did that shit, man. <laughs> the Miller Lite Catfight Girls? Oh, my they, God. They would be eating that shit up. They are all fucking over the show, by the way. Yeah. The whole, I, 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 I forgot. They got more time than the actual, actually, the actual <laughs> women's fucking title match in continues. They had the limo. They had the limo pull-up segment. Yeah, they had, like, four you know segments, what I mean? including, the, including the actual, like, in-the-bed thing. Literally but like the segment seconds. that usually unveils a top star arriving like a Roman Reigns, right. a Vince McMahon, mm. a huge, a huge personality arriving to the arena. They gave that segment, the limo pull up to, uh, was it Miller light? What was the beer? It was Miller light. It was Miller, Miller light. Yeah. Yeah. The Miller light cat fight girls. Right. Yeah, so they got, that's a segment. right? There. <laughs> it was a few seconds. They, have, they literally have four segments and a match 
Including the match, yeah. So, like, so this is 2003, right? And, and in 2003, I was 10 years old. So maybe yeah. I'm not the best one to ask about this. Because yeah. you guys are a little bit older than me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was 19. I was, like, I was 15 going on 16. Okay, so you guys are prime. Were the Miller Lite girls, like, a thing? Like, were they, when you saw them on this show at, at the time, were you like, oh, it's Tanya and Tits No, McGee they were just a commercial. Were. They yeah, were just a like, funny commercial. commercial. Right. Yeah. I remember the commercial. I just don't remember them being, like, No, but back then, like, those beer commercials and everything were, like, life. Like, they were... The was up. Remember like Budweiser yeah. with the was up. Yeah, yeah no, like yeah, some yeah. of some of the best. That's where the Belly Boys got that from. Was the fucking yeah. Budweiser yeah. commercial. Yeah, at the time, like beer commercials, man. You know, because this this is like I said once ahead, once again, Matt Hardy being ahead of the internet. This was before the internet having YouTube and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, hot commercials were the equivalent of like what viral videos are now. Right. You know, that's that was yeah. it. And the Catfight Girls had that shit for like. I think they summer. were more like vines or memes, actually. The you, you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah, like sure, that yeah. was that was part of our consumption. Nowadays, no one can yeah. give a shit, dude. People don't even get like uh, excited that excited for Super Bowl commercials anymore. You know what I mean? But that used right. to be mm -hmm. that used to be like the thing back then. It was a really mm -hmm. funny, well put together commercial. It is crazy, like. Just 20 years ago, how crazy people went for the, the concept of two girls having a pillow fight. Right. Whereas I, I could literally be sitting right here, click a tab, and in five seconds, watch two girls scissoring, you know, mashing clicks <laughs> if I wanted literally. to. Right. So that's how time. But that's my thing. That's why, I, like, it would still be the same. The people, the, 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 right. those crowds have not changed. First of all, they're just older now. Now there's their sons and people are sliding into some of their places, but they're still the same fucking horny fucking weirdos was, trust me i'm at these wrestling shows bro yeah it's, was this the, the precursor for hot lesbian action well so this is like, after is, hot lesbian this, action. okay so this is after okay this i was wondering where after. this fell yeah 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 this is an era of lots of lesbian action just all over the place yeah, yeah. so it was riding that wave we were still riding that wave look love a good les but uh speaking of that we got some biscuits here limp biscuits so yep. you turn the show on you hear Limp Biscuit. You got your, and then it cuts to the, the uh, introduction of the show. We're in Safeco Field. The stage, the setup, the, the huge ramp that did like the the curve action, yeah. the open air yeah. stadium. I personally, I personally, I love the vibe of this show, the aesthetic, just mm -hmm. the overall kind of feel of it. What do you guys think of just like the overall like I guess vibe of the show? It was the last hurrah for the Attitude Era. We didn't know it watching it, yeah. but this was yeah. I think I think this was about. I think this was like the last, like, uh, like what really felt like attitude. And then you felt, uh, you know, obviously it didn't happen overnight, but like it, it would never hit those heights again. You know, I think right. so, at least personally speaking, I don't know. Yeah, this was to me, it was like that. It, you could feel it was like a last thing. Cause this is kind of like when everybody aged out They're all the people that enjoyed, mm -hmm. like were actually of age to enjoy the attitude era. Mm -hmm. This is kind of where everyone ages out of that. And you could kind yeah. of feel like it was like not the same. I stayed on the boat, but everybody else jumped off. Yeah, no, yeah, me same here. I think it's very telling how this show closes with Kurt versus Brock, and Rock and Stone Cold is before that. It's like 
we're leaving the past behind and that we're like moving on to the new yes. crop of guys. Man, I, I could be looking too far into it, but that's kind of how because no, a lot of people say like, that Rock and Austin should have made evented, but I think how they played it was pretty much the right call. Well, you got to think this is like the real beginning of the SmackDown Six where that kind of took off. Like this was yeah. kind of yeah. like the jumping part for that. Well, you saw that with like the Jericho and Michaels, and then the right. um, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? The tag match? Uh, what was what was the? I, yeah, I've the already forgotten the card. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world's greatest tag team. Thank you. Like Benoit. We saw Los Guerreros yeah. was in there. Benoit was in there, and mm-hmm. those were uh, those were definitely some of the funner matches. Right. Yeah. I mean, so like before I watched the show back, like WrestleMania 19 in my head was like a top three WrestleMania. After it's a good show. I don't know if I'd put it top three though. I mean, there's like a couple matches on here that are great, but there's also a lot of filler on this show. And a lot of stuff just seems very rushed. And we'll get into it, obviously. But I mean, and that's what I said. Like, none of we have this, we prop these fucking things and put these pussies on a pedestal. But if you mm-hmm. really go back and watch it, especially compared to some of the shit we've gotten the last like five to seven years, like it didn't age well. Like it was Yeah, yeah. A lot of cringeworthy stuff and a lot of, like you said, like fluff to it. I think pro wrestling, no matter no matter what age you're in of it, like once you get far enough down the road, is going to be cringy, mm-hmm. just because just because of like how heavily it relies on pop culture and what's popular right. at the time. Not saying that everybody falls on into like just like what's current as like their personality. I think I think a lot of it just ages out and is cringy. Yeah, but this time. type of creepy, cringy shit is different than like the stuff we get now. Like. Well, that's just because our culture is like way more. Yeah, sanitized. there's a lot so of we, stuff we claim, like borderline. We claim we're sanitized. Yeah, right. A lot of this is borderline sexual harassment, sexual assault, fucking <laughs> homophobia. Yeah. Like it was, shit was it cool, was, man. It was about as a fucking offensive. Homophobia was awesome. That's fucking right. dope, man. What are you yeah. gay? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know how long it took me to stop saying that about shit, man. Oh, man. And the F word, like I, it took me probably three years to start to like so, completely erase that from my. For whatever reason, that F word only comes out in the car for me. I don't know what it is. If road rage, for whatever reason, it's at the, at the tip of my tongue. Otherwise, I'm pretty good at leaving it alone. But uh, I, it, never, anytime I get in an argue with my brother, it comes out. I'm not gonna lie. I think I never really, I never really attacked like people like that. I usually just would like call people like. I think my my nasty word was like retard. Like you're yeah, retarded. That's a good one. Like, like that was that was. I think that was like my, that was like my main like insulting slur. You know what I substituted that for? Thanks, thank you, SpongeBob. Tartar sauce. <laughs> you call people tartar sauce? Yes. Tartar sauce. That's actually remember when, funny. You remember when <laughs> Carlos Mencia's, um, Carlos Mencia was like the top comic, and uh, and his catchphrase was fucking yeah, like. Uh, essentially mocking retards, man. Right. You want to talk about stuff that doesn't age well, Carlos? Yeah, Mencia. yeah Carlos Mencia did not age well at all. Well, uh, I'll tell you what aged great. In fact, was uh, like you said, Kyle was a bit ahead of its time. Was uh, Matt Hardy? Yeah, version one opening up here with the cruiserweight title match. So Matt Hardy, cruiserweight champion, defending against Ray Mysterio, member of the SmackDown Six. So uh, opening match here, Cruiserweight, but not, not, uh, nothing crazy. Like, I don't know. I remember this match being better. It was fine for what it was. It was a lot right. of Matt and his shenanigans. It was a lot of Shannon Moore ringside. Uh, the MFR, of course, getting yeah. involved. Um, but yeah, V1, Matt Hardy. Is this? I, I feel like this is probably Matt Hardy's peak as a performer overall. I, I don't hated know if you guys would it. Agree. 
No, I hated it when it was happening because uh-huh. I was I was of that age, like 13 through 15, where the Hardy Boys were like the coolest thing in the world. So when Matt right. Hardy turned heel, um, that one bugged me because I wanted to think he was cool. And I thought it, it was I thought it was really silly. Like I didn't I didn't like it. But now looking back, uh, he's one of the people like that's mm-hmm. one of the characters that I do enjoy uh, when I go back because you see uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You, I like it. I see him trying like you can see effort. Effort into, is the in, key word, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see effort into trying to create something. And like now like a part of me appreciates that going back and watching stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. same, like you said, the same thing. Because like, for me, it was just him trying to get out of Jeff's fucking shadow. Like, because everyone pinpointed right. him as the Genetti from the beginning. And really, to me, he's was better, is better. And when history rewrites itself, he'll be looked at as the better Hardy Boy, if I'm being 100% honest. That's a hot take. Definitely debatable. I mean, from a character yeah. standpoint, I think it's easy that Matt Hardy is. From a character standpoint, longevity, actual mm-hmm. impact when he's there and what he does. Like, people are still doing fucking delete, and he hasn't done that character in fucking 10 years almost. <laughs> like, yeah. the only thing we remember about yeah. Jeff Hardy is the high spots. And that's the all fact that done. he keeps getting getting fucking arrested for doing pills. Like, that's that's all you got. Like, well, hey, trust me, this is no coming from... Either. Well, yeah, no, he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's, but I mean, he ain't. He hasn't done it as many times yeah. as Jeff Hardy. Trust me, I get hate from all black people on black wrestling Twitter all the time because how much I hate right. Jeff Hardy. So it's like, I don't understand it. Like how, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, to me, to me, it's gonna be Matt when we. It's all said and done. People are gonna finally give him his fucking flowers and recognize him. He's definitely not the Genetti out of that tag team. No, yeah, in that, in that in that pair, there's no Genetti, as far as I'm concerned, for sure. Do you think? Do you think Matt, um, either Matt or Jeff? Because I mean, it's 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 an obvious statement. The moment their contracts are up with AEW, they're going to be inducted into WWE's Hall of Fame. Mm. Um, WWE is going to capitalize on that. The moment they can get them on their TV, uh, do you think either of them will ever get a singles induction into the WWE Hall of Fame? Mm. If they go into it, if they go in as a tag team, I couldn't see them doing a separate singles. Yeah, I feel like they would kind of. Yeah, they didn't have anything good as far as singles go in WWE. Yeah, I mean, well, Jeff Jeff was world champ. Um, Oh, he wasn't. Yeah, he he was. was. What for like two seconds? Uh, He was world champ. He's a three-time world champ. Yeah, he wasn't champ for that long, really. But um, that's what I mean. He was. Wait, who is um technically also uh, what's his name was a uh, 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 Leonardo DiCaprio lookalike? Fuck, what was that dude's name? <laughs> it's one of the oddest. It's one of the oddest. Um, he's a he's a, a, a cruiserweight. Um, Brian Kendricks. You know, technically Brian Kendricks <laughs> is world champ too for like three seconds, like eight seconds maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry debatable. guys. Sorry. No, he was space. Banky's around at this point too. He just showed yeah. up on SmackDown. Um. But yeah, as far as a Hall of Fame, I could see them like they would go in as a tag team and they would touch on like their singles achievements as they got inducted and they would just right. both be, yeah. in, you know, I don't think. Yeah, well, to right. me, I That's just think both of them had their most, their biggest success outside of WWE. Kind of like Kurt Angle in TNA. Like right. He was in TNA longer than he was in WWE. Twice as long mm-hmm. as he was in WWE. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we got Matt here, version one. Spitting his math. What were, what were the mat facts? I forgot to note them. There was one that was like WrestleMania, like wasn't as great without him or something. And then there was another one. Yeah. I, I forgot yeah, I to didn't note. Write him. it down. Matt often he wonders l- how uh, 
WrestleMania was had without him or some shit like That's that. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. So stupid. It was so good. Um, and then Rey Mysterio. So in my head, Rey Mysterio in this match was the Flash, but he was not the Flash. He wasn't he like uh, Ant Man or something. I I tried to think because it was looked like it was a purple suit, so like I wasn't really sure either. Yeah, it was like maroon. It was like burgundy. I'm not a right. big Marvel guy, so I don't know if you guys were. No, I, don't I am. Like I said, I couldn't I couldn't really figure it out either. If I'm being 100 percent honest, he looked like Ant Man. It could have been like a Daredevil type of thing, maybe perhaps. Right. Um, Which that kind of makes sense because I think that's like around the time Athletics Daredevil came out, so it could mm, it could have been that. So that would make sense. Yeah, that's Daredevil. Daredevil. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. That's Daredevil. Yeah, always, always busting out the uh, the superhero for the attire. Previews, Much yeah. appreciated. Um, quick start to this match. A lot, a lot of this match is Shannon Moore getting involved. He's tripping up Ray, choking Ray on the ropes. Um, Ray will hit a move, then Shannon will put Matt's foot on the ropes. Uh, towards the end, Matt hits a twist of fate for a two count, and then Ray is able to hit the 619, or he goes for the 619, but Matt gets out of the way, and then ultimately Ray gets Matt in a victory roll position, but Matt counters, and Matt rolls him up with the ropes and gets the win. So, like I said, nothing crazy. No, no match of the year potentials here. But I thought it was a solid opener for what it was. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I was surprised that uh, he lost. That that threw me off. I, I didn't remember too, him losing that. So. They won. Well, I mean, they were invested in getting Matt Hardy his character at the time. I liked. Uh, I liked the match. Um, mm-hmm. The the couple things that I jotted down for it was, um, you you know we. It's it's going back and seeing Ray wrestle, like watching the events, like knowing, like watching like Raw right now or whatever he's on and seeing him on it. Mm-hmm. You, you're like, oh, man, it's crazy that he can still go. And then you actually right. watch something from 20 years ago, 25 years ago, and you see all the other wrestlers that have aged, come and gone. And you see Ray and, oh, yeah. and it's like a spitting image. Um, I think he's even uh, better today than he was here. Yeah, he he's, is he's more refined. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it it's cool, man. Like that's such a that's such a trip, and and like there's more appreciation. I don't. I think I have watching the old stuff, and and then having like the new stuff in memory. I don't. And it, he's it just, just makes, he's he's doing just as much high flying shit now as maybe even more than he was back then, as far as like his WWE run. Those goes. stem cells, brother. It, yeah, they're, they're magic. Um, that and then also, uh, 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 what is it called? Um live for the moment right matt's uh, uh entrance song is also just a banger too by the way how's that go uh his 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 song yeah uh you'll have to youtube it i ain't gonna sing it bro <laughs> <laughs> I'll so i can slap to a tornado it one it's the one he talks about slapping a tornado right you're like yeah do. dude you could totally do that that's fuck yeah man. That's absolutely awesome. that's fucking dope with dude. It. yeah um yeah, man, saw a little match there. And then we got uh, our first appearance from the Miller Light girls showing up in the limo. Um, yeah, like I said, they're just they're just all over the show. I can't imagine anybody was like, I guess maybe some people were pumped to see them. I don't know if, how recognizable they were. Like but, Kyle uh, said, the, co- the crowd popped every time. Yeah, they really did. They they saw him, man. The crowd was horny. Like, dude, we're going to see tits. It's WrestleMania. Yes. Yo, we might actually see titties at Mania. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm assuming that's it. I forgot all about them too. So uh, I, it was like uh-huh. a very uh, deflating, like dead balloon 
when I see like they they step out the car and I was like, cool, they're an entourage. Like, who's the person riding with the hot chicks? And then the mm-hmm. camera starts following the hot chicks, and I was like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Oh, it's just the groupies. <laughs> it's just the groupies. And then I heard, yeah. Man, you want to talk about deflating? I mean, you're all turgid and rock hard seeing these big titted gals hop out of this limo, and then what do you see? <laughs> the big show up next, teaming with A Train. In oh, a handicap match. Don't huh? breeze over the fact that we got the segment of them walking out of Nathan Jones' shower. Oh, we're going to talk, yeah. oh, we're, oh, we're <laughs> gonna on, talk about Nathan Jones. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. The the bugger. What's the fuck? What was his nickname? The something from Bago Road. The Colossal. The Colossus from Bago Road. Nathan Jones here. Oh, uh, shit. I didn't even know that. that he, he was, he's not in this match, actually. Well, it was supposed to be a tag match. It was supposed to be A-Train and Big Show versus Nathan Jones and The Undertaker. But apparently, Nathan Jones was too inept at wrestling to just stand on the apron and be a tag team partner. So they wrote him out of this match. Um, I don't know what the exact story. I don't know if you guys do. If it was like somebody made a bet or, or some shit. Yeah, it was like somebody made a bet or some shit, and it pissed Big Show off. So Big Show and them oh. took him out in the locker room. It was it was some convoluted like not in the shower. They found him fuck. naked. They found him naked in the shower. Oh. Like Big Show and A Train beat this dude in the shower. I thought it was. Because I'm not going to lie, like I was like, when I saw A-Train and Big Show walking out of the shower, before I even saw Nathan Jones, I was like, man, this has like a rapey feel to it. Like, I'm not right. going to lie. And then, yeah, it pans to like a naked Nathan Jones. I mean, he's got a towel placed over his hips, but yeah, just laid out. And I was like, oh, that's just weird. Um, well, at least they're even, respectable enough to keep the towel on them. You know? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet you well, Vince pitched it, though. You can go. We can go ass, right? You can go ass. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> We can do ass. Nathan's like, listen, man, I still want to do movies. All right. So, no. <laughs> well, at, butt doubles are a thing, right? That's a that's a market you can tap into. <laughs> How you going to find a seven foot butt double, though? All right. <laughs> no, he is the double. I'm saying he could go. Oh, uh, oh, but who would the oh. seven foot star be? I don't know. Australia has other tall men. I, probably, I'm sure. I don't remember any movies he was in besides Brad Pitt stabbing him in the neck and Troy. The Condemned. Have you ever seen The Condemned with Stone Cold Steve Austin? With Stone Cold. I watched it once. It wasn't terrible. I mean, I've seen it, but I, I can't remember. I think I it's watched it once. by far the best WWE produced movie that they ever made. Really? Which is not saying a lot, but it's no. still a fact. It's like it knows it's a campy B movie, but yeah, um, yeah. it's all right. It's it's not bad. It's not bad. It, it knows what it is. Yeah. Well, so does The Undertaker. He knows what Nathan Jones is and he's shit, I guess. So he's not in this match, but uh, he's he's out here taking on A-Train and Big Show in a handicap match. Of course, WWE's favorite band, Limp Bizkit, is here. <laughs> so how are you not going to play a role in for The Undertaker? So which right. they, man, Limp Bizkit, man. I, first, I, I, they're kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. But seeing them yeah. out here performing, I mean, it is just everything. It's the choreograph. <laughs> the, the choreography is what throws me off. All the leaders like, I, behind him? Yeah, it's like, you know, now granted, I never thought Fred Durst was like some type of like badass like street fighter or anything like that. But it's like, dude, you're doing like you're doing new metal and you're doing a a choreographed dancing. I don't know. It was just weird. It's the precursor to what uh, baby metal became ultimately, though. I think it's like like badass metal with (laughs) K-pop. It's like fucking them and Nickelback. People act like they were like the worst bands ever. Nobody listened to them. But them motherfuckers have all sold. Over a hundred million records, so somebody's Agreed. fucking lying. Somebody's no, it, got some I, Limp Biscuit CDs somewhere at their house, somewhere <laughs> hidden. 
Now, Limp Biscuit's different than Nickelback. Limp Biscuit is primarily hated because of the type of fans it like attracted. Uh, that's the that's, same, but I'm, that's not. It, it doesn't matter the reason. I'm just saying, like people act yeah. like Limp Biscuit and Nickelback aren't things that were extremely fucking popular, and a bunch of people bought both of those bands have over a hundred million sold. Someone yeah, is lying about who, how popular they were, or did you really like them or not? That's that's yeah. what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Limp Biscuits on tour right now, I think. Dude, if they come to my town, you bet your goddamn ass I'm saying that. I am like almost certain they're on tour right now, or they just wrapped a tour. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like I said, somebody loves fucking Limp Biscuit. Yeah, a ton of people do. I mean, they're all under the butt rock umbrella, which is what I'm a big fan of. So, Mm -hmm. my thing is, this is my favorite version of Undertaker, like by far. Like, American American Badass Racist Undertaker is. That's my favorite Undertaker. <laughs> yes. like, I love Thin Blue Line Undertaker. He's my favorite. Oh, I, love, <laughs> I love Punisher uh, Skull uh, Undertaker on, on the thing. Like, it's supposed to be a biker fucking gangster, but support the police still. Like, I love the... Oh, fresh off the heels of kicking the shit out of Canyon. Oh, right. You know, love that. I love, I love it. Like, to me, this is the best Undertaker character he's ever done. Like, the, the weirdo fucking dude, butt fucking corpses and shit and all that. And the fucking... Well, I like a little bit of that as well, but yeah. But the Druids and all that bullshit, like none of that ever got to me. But this, like I can relate to racist bandana wearing biker guy. I can relate to that. Because where I'm from, so like I know that Undertaker. One of my neighbors is that Undertaker. Like that's why I love it. My favorite (laughs) by far. I think we all know that Undertaker. So I have you on the record, RN, that's saying that racists are better than people who butt fuck corpses. That, that's yeah, a, a, that's yes. a quote I got. All right. We'll, yeah, let the, yeah. we'll let the sites run with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the match is, match is what it is. I don't know, it didn't really feel like a WrestleMania match to me, other than the entrance and all the fanfare that came with it. Like, once the bell rang, it was it was fine for what it was. But ultimately, like, A-Train and Big Show, like, both of these guys individually, I feel like should be guys that could be capable of having a one-on-one match with, with The Undertaker. And Big, yeah. Show, Big Show and Taker did at No Way Out. Didn't and I, my thought here... No. Didn't A-Train have a match with him? Not on a pay-per-view, I don't believe, unless it was after this. Cuz I know there's like a there's a there's a clip floating around of Undertaker on a um on a talk show. Mm-hmm. Um talking about his upcoming match uh, against his opponent and his opponent's very hairy and he was like, yeah, he's like I got to be careful not to get my fingers trapped in his hair. That was like <laughs> his like relatable joke to try to make like everyday suburban people laugh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And um, yeah, and he was talking about an upcoming match. I'm pretty sure against Albert, but it may have not been a mania match. It, may it have might been be like backlash. A, I could see yeah. it being a backlash match. I don't really remember the card for yeah. a month after this, but yeah. um, that's what I was saying about these WrestleManias and uh, and the Undertaker Street. Like he's maybe got like eight or nine actual like main event banger fucking matches on that record. A lot of the those yeah. matches are sh- is shit like this. And they don't start until like 20 years into his career. Right, right. So, but it is what it is. I don't know. I feel like A-Train and Undertaker would have been a better route to go. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't have uh, faith in A-Train to be a big enough star to carry that. But I feel like it would have been better than this. I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe no, like as a that match, was... but I think like public interest, like people wouldn't have given it. Yeah, I no, remember watching back so, then. Yeah. A train was at his heights when he had Trish Stratus as a valet, like him and Tess. <laughs> yeah, him TNA. And Tess. Like that, yeah, like they were in there, and they were called TNA. 
Right. Um, and not too long after this, he left and went to Japan and actually was a big-ass fucking star in Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would argue that A-Train is his best gimmick, his best presentation. I thought he was... He just had a great look, like the entrance, the music, the the moveset. He was, he, was, he was like intimidating too. Like that was, yeah. I thought that character was legitimately intimidating back then. And he, but he was always associated at this time with like big shows and Nathan Joneses and the Brock Lesnar. So he he, he didn't look as intimidating as he could have. Right. I feel yeah. like it might have been a missed opportunity with A Train a little bit because he was solid, man. He had, he had a couple good matches like back yeah. in the Attitude Era and stuff. I no, feel I'm, like I'm really serious. Cool Go back and look up him. some of his New Japan shit. Like he was, he had some fucking bangers back then. Like and because like you said, he looked different. So like the Japanese crowds mm-hmm. fucking ate him up. A big fucking like nearly seven foot tall, four hundred pound ball headed uh, white dude yeah, with know. piercings and hair all over him. Like he literally was a star in Japan, like way bigger than he ever was here in the States. For sure. For sure. So um really my my, my main takeaway with this match is I noticed Undertaker was using a lot of like jujitsu moves yeah. a lot of arm bars a yeah. lot and this is kind of a thing he was trying to un- incorporate during this time period i don't know what did you guys think of him like locking in arm bars and like flipping I over into like I said, this is my too, favorite man. this is my favorite version of undertaker because it was real you know what i'm saying like it was not so much dealing he, with the fucking like lights out and the like thunder strike in a fucking arena that can't hit anybody or do anything like he was trying <laughs> to fucking knock you out or tap you out in that hell's gate Fucking uh, submission hole. Mm. That shit is fire. That's lit- this is literally my favorite Undertaker. Like hands down. Do, y- do y'all know who he got the uh, the Hell's Gate from? Like who inspired him for that? I don't. So his name is uh, uh, Nick Diaz. Uh, Nate oh, yeah. Diaz this is fighting Jake Paul. It's his older brother. Yeah. Nick Diaz fought in Japan against Takanari Go- Takanari Gomi, who was a killer at the time. And Nick Diaz, uh, Nick Diaz caught him in that. It's called a Goga Plata. You you. You take yeah. one of your legs, you wrap it around the guy's shoulder and wrap your shin under their neck and you pull their head down and choke them out with their own shin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick Diaz did that like high on his ass um, uh, in Japan <laughs> and, and pulled it off. And then afterwards, uh, he cut uh, 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 one of his like most famous lines is like, don't be scared, homie. And he like launched his career. And that like skinny boy from California inspired The Undertaker. Uh, That's great. Uh, uh, in one of his finishing moves, yeah, Undertaker was a um, a hardcore MMA fan before yeah. like it became cool to like UFC yeah. and shit like that, man. Well, he and, switched yeah. to the MMA gloves too with this too. Like I said, like and he yep. was at all the shows. Like anytime they had a pay per view, they cut to Undertaker somewhere in the fucking crowd. Especially at this time, like he was at everything. So like, mm-hmm. no, I, I definitely could see that. Like I said, and he switched from the fucking leather rape gloves to the MMA fighting gloves. Yeah, man. Is that the technical term? Leather rape gloves? Yeah, the glove don't fit. You must have quit. What are you talking about? That's actually a really good point. I never really thought of it like that. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, I feel like the audience, though, isn't super educated on jujitsu and MMA at this point. No, so it was hard because he kept trying to get, like, the dragon sleeper. He was trying to make his finisher, and at, and at no way out. He beat Big Show with a gill or a triangle choke, but the crowd was like, "What? What happened there?" So it's I, I think it might have been a little bit too soon for him to incorporate that, but I, I do appreciate the attempt to kind of uh, well, also broaden too his like horizons. his look didn't match that sort of style, like that sort of like shoot, you know what right. I'm saying? Like Ken Shamrock, Dan Severn type of style. You had fucking leather pants on and a cutoff and a chain, a wallet chain. Like they didn't, it didn't really yeah. match like what you would think about if you thought of like a giant fucking bar brawling fucking biker like him in there trying to do technical submission shit so like that's it was, sure. a, that's it was why before the, his time. Uh, 
Yeah, that's why the last ride was like the most notable move that came from that character. Right. Because he wasn't mm-hmm. doing, you know, he, he, you're right. He had the Hell's Gate and all that other stuff. But you're right. Most of the fans didn't take to the jujitsu stuff. But they see a guy get power bombed from like nine feet in the air. Like yeah. that's yeah, that's that'll strike a memory for you. Right. Yeah, you can digest that pretty easily. You know what's going yeah. on. Right. <laughs> um, but a lot of, most of this match naturally is a train and big show using their numbers to beat up on taker but then ultimately nathan jones puts some pants on and runs out there and gives big show a spinning kick in the aisle way and this allows undertaker to hit the tombstone on a train in the ring for the win so uh big take going 11 and 0 at wrestlemania this is like the time period where it's like starting to become a thing that the streak is mm-hmm. Um, I remember it being like a very tense, you know, oh, that, is he going to be able to overcome the odds and continue his streak? Like, this is one of the first times I feel like that was really like a sticking point to the match. Yeah. Um, overall, it, it was I thought the match was fine. What did you guys think about the, the match itself, I guess? It didn't feel like a WrestleMania match, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very much like a, a like a SmackDown main event or something. Right. Um, yes. But, you know, he had to. He was already slated to be at Mania. Um, you know, it's almost like still like a blessing in disguise compared to the Nathan Jones. Like, because had think about it, if you if Nathan Jones had been cleared to wrestle and, and they put him in the match, Undertaker's streak would have another asterisk to it. Because right now, the only real asterisk, I think, to mm-hmm. a streak is like the giant Gonzalez one, right? Right. But then you'd have to argue his streak would look pretty funky if there was a tag match in there as well. It's a good point. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a blessing in disguise that it actually went down the way it did. Yeah. Well, we'll see Nathan at some point. I don't know. I think he goes like OVW for a little bit, then pops back up for a brief period, and then he goes right. off to Hollywood permanently. So, um, well, guess what, guys? We got some more Miller Lite girls backstage. <laughs> Segment number two. Um,. What was? Oh wait, hold on. I, I backed up in my notes. Did we get Miller Lite girls? No, we're not. We're not there yet. We're not segment number uh-huh. two yet. We uh, we get a recap of uh, the Heat tag. The pre-show match was for the Raw World Tag Team Titles. The champions were uh, Ch- uh, Sean Morley, Chief Morley, and Lance Storm defending against RVD and Kane, which is just a crazy cast of characters all around. Right. Um. Morley and Storm retain as the Dudleys interfere because at this point the Dudleys are like their faces, but they, they they their jobs rely on them helping Eric Bischoff, who Sean Morley is his chief of staff. Do, do you guys remember any of this dynamic from back in the day? No, this kind of before the three minute warning shit, ain't it? This is like during it, right? Yeah. So basically, Eric Bischoff was just like paying people to do yeah. his bidding and like threatening their jobs if they didn't do what he asked them to do. I got right. you. Yeah, I totally even forgot this match was a thing. I don't even know if I don't know if it's like available anywhere to watch. Obviously, it wasn't on the, not on the cock. But I can't say I was too uh, disappointed. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. I didn't. I didn't realize I had missed anything. You just started was, talking about something. I was like, was that on the recording? <laughs> it was like five seconds. It was like a really. Oh yeah, man, I, comp- I they showed RVD pinning pinning fucking Landstorm. That was that's yeah. All I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw I saw a clip of RVD really quick on the TV, and I was like, huh. I just saw him literally last night on Dynamite. Like, what the fuck, dude. Like, is is still doing it? But you're probably just excited to see Stevie Richards be Victoria's Gimp 
is probably the, the thing, right? You were probably just yeah. revving up for that. Because yeah, uh, Victoria's defending here her women's title in a triple threat against Jazz and Trish Stratus. Um, this match was a better than I expected, which is oh, kind of a theme yeah. of this era. Mm-hmm. People people talk about this era like the early 2000s. And granted, it doesn't hold a candle to today, of course. But I feel like if nothing else, like there's there's talent here. They always work hard. Maybe they don't, don't mm-hmm. always get the time they they need or whatever. But I thought this match was pretty solid for what it was. What you guys think yeah. about it? Victoria, too, like during this time frame, she's probably like at her peak. And a lot oh, of yeah. that is because all the titties and ass and titties and puppies and shit fucking mm. overshadow. But they did have some women that could really go like a, a Victoria is another one. That, whose career was better in other places than it was, even though she, I know she was a multiple time champ here, but she definitely mm-hmm. got more and like, we got more character work out of her from TNA and shit than she ever got here. But yeah, this match really like it. I'm this is probably up there with one of my best matches on the car. Like it blew my mind how good this match was. And jazz was a fucking beast, Joe. Dude, she was a monster. Yeah. That's such a presence to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's just in the the wrong era. It she was, was a woman and she sure. was black, so she was fucked from the yeah. beginning. Get yeah, the hell no. out of here, right? Yeah, yeah. No. I'm with you. Now the um, uh, it was good. I mean, you get you. Uh, what's what's neat is I feel like um, you see little little hints, like you because you always hear that like these are the wrestlers that paved the way, like Trish, Lita, Victoria, Molly Holly, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's just it's kind of like a <laughs> kind of like. What RN said is like, you know, there was a lot of duds in Undertaker's streak. There was a ton of duds that those women's had that matches that never really grasped anybody. But you would always see like a a little glimmer of a good match here and then Mm -hmm. and a little bit there. And it's it's cool when you pick up on because you can see where modern day women wrestlers like where their inspiration came from. You like that's probably what you're thinking of whenever yeah. you go back and you think of like the women of this generation and stuff. So it's, it's pretty neat. You did get to see it a little bit. By the way, do you think, um, you think Victoria deserves more praise than she gets? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I just said. Like she, yeah. Like, yeah. She had a nice run in WWE, but I think she did more and we explored more of her character work in TNA. So like, I think no, yeah, she's definitely one of those pillars that never got it, got her flowers for being as good as she was. Because yeah. Victoria kind of started hot. Like she had the unhinged character. Like right. there was a lot of time and effort like presenting her in that way. And it felt felt like over time she kind of just evolved into just another chick on the roster, just another legend, the veteran, the gatekeeper, maybe. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like not enough time was really given to her as like a legit top of that division type thing. But it's definitely the same for Jazz too. I, I don't even know how long Jazz was here. I know because she came up in t- 2001. And then got injured for a while, then came back, like recently before this. And right. I don't remember a lot of her after this. So I don't know what the deal was with that, but she could have been something if they really put effort towards it. Was, it. it was very brief. It was it was very brief. Well, again, at this time, she was a woman and she was black. She was fucked. All from right, the all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We got Trish Stratus here to talk about. We got some good white women to talk about. <laughs> thank you, Trish. Um <laughs> thank you, Trish. Yes. Yes, sir. Crazy. She's still going at it, man. Uh twenty years later. But um, yeah, otherwise, I mean, the jazz starts f- quick with a Pearl Harbor job in the beginning. You got uh, lots of intensity during this match. Everybody's kind of getting their spots in. Jazz hits a pretty b- brutal looking glam slam onto mm. Trish, I think it was. 
Uh, that Victoria. bitch was strong as fuck, man. She was tossing them Ooh. around. Like, like she was the nothing. smallest woman in this match, but she was still fucking like she felt like she was yeah. a seven footer. Like she was literally tossing them around. She was jacked, jacked, yeah. jazz. Uh, Victoria busts out a moonsault, so everybody's going all out for WrestleMania. Uh, towards the end, Stevie Richards makes a run in with a steel chair. I don't know what he was planning on doing with that, but he swings the chair at Trish. I think it is. She gets out of the way. Stevie's chair hits the ropes, rebounds into his face, which is just hilarious every time I see it. Right. Um, Trish hits the Stratus faction onto Stevie. Uh, and then Victoria tries to capitalize on this by hitting the Widow's Peak on Trish. But Trish hits the chick kick on Victoria for the win. So Trish gets the win here. We got a happy ending. The the top female of the company at this point by far. So yep. um, like I said, it was you know, solid. Everybody got their shine in this match. And I thought the ending was pretty solid and entertaining. So I don't know, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that one. No, it was way better than I was expecting. Like, like you said, I had the diva shit in my head, but this was really a, a damn good match. Mm-hmm. Once again, like a, a, a slight glimpse uh, into what the future uh, was going towards, like a, really distant future but yeah, right but we got there well, eventually. we did thanks to thanks to stephanie thank, thank you stephanie <laughs> thank, thank you, you stephanie, stephanie. <laughs> well we got uh old Dwayne here next cutting a promo the rock is here he's uh obviously newly heel hollywood rock right and um he's going off how the people have booed him the p- people are booing him that's hurting his feelings People are saying that he's sold out, and he's like, "Yes, I have. I've sold out <laughs> arenas." And what? Shut the fuck up, Dwayne. <laughs> um, but I do like so the match later, Rock versus Stone Cold. It's the whole premise of that is that Rock and or yeah, Rock and Austin have had two previous WrestleMania matches, mm-hmm. but Stone Cold has won both of them, and the Rock is pissed because he's never beaten Austin at WrestleMania. But I do like here how Rock, like he's entertaining. He's doing all those Rock things, but he's really doing a good job at s- setting this match up as Act Three, because obviously yeah. it ties in with the Hollywood character, and that people only remember Act Three, which is kind of true in a lot of cases. So I thought he did a lot, a good job at establishing that, because otherwise, because even if he wins, he's, it's still two to one Austin. But he's right. really building it up like this is the one that matters. So I did, I did like that. What do you guys think of seeing Hollywood Rock here for the first time tonight? Uh, it was it was funny because I was watching it around my kids and my uh-huh. son is still uh, he's seven and he still can't quite get the grasp of like actors. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh-huh. like, how does this man exist both in wrestling and in this movie? You right. know, mm-hmm. and um, it's just hilarious to me when I see that, like uh, uh, when my kid had uh, uh, was that. But I, you know what you said? You had some truth uh, in The Rock had some truth because. Um, when I'm surfing the internet and I'm watching like videos and people are ranking like matches and pay-per-views and stuff, uh, of all the three Rock Austin WrestleMania encounters, you really only hear people talk about the third encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and granted, yeah. it's you know a large portion of that too is it's it's also what's tied to that Stone Cold Vince McMahon alliance. But with that being said, the third match is the most memorable in my opinion. So, yeah. Yeah, man. And it just happened to be for the man who was leaving wrestling. <laughs> I just I just can't wrap my head around how big Rocks really was. Like they think they said he was like two hundred and seventy five pounds or some shit. Like and boy, he did man. look like it. He looked slim as hell. Oh but. no, he was half the size that he is now. 
For yeah, sure. that's what I'm saying. They had, I think, when he came out, they said he was 275 or 260 or some shit like that. So that wow. motherfucker got to be 320 now. Like, damn. Well, he's pretty tall too. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he's and he's, he's like legit six five, six six. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so now nah, 20 years of steroids, bro. Like 20 right. years of <laughs> Kyle, it's a lot of just a lot of cod, a lot of tilapia, and a lot of creatine. That's all, <laughs> yeah. it is. Oh, Fucking tell about. me, show me where he gets his tilapia from. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like let know, me get God. some of that tilapia. I'll be a tilapia eating motherfucker, man. <laughs> there might be some <laughs> needles stuck in its asses, but um, <laughs> speaking of needles, oh boy, we got a few of that in this next tag team title match. We got. The tag team titles on the line. We got the champions, Team Angle, of course, the team of Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin, versus the team of Chris Benoit and Rhino, versus Los Guerreros, of course, Eddie and Chavo. Um, this is a, a pretty, you know, it was a, a good match. I mean, it's six guys, and for the time they got, it's like I feel like not every individual could have gotten. A huge spotlight, but right. my, my my note on this match, it felt very intense. Like it felt very yeah. fast paced. It felt very like urgent a lot. So it was it was very entertaining. It felt like there was always action. Lots of cool hot tags towards the end. But uh, overall, what do you guys think of this uh, this tag team title match? It was good. It was great to see. Like this is the first match I've watched of Chris Benoit since all that happened, like literally. Really? So, like, and yeah, like Holy shit. I, and not not like just because I just didn't. It's just like. I kind of was protesting it, but then at the same time, like, I just, by the time I, like, all that was done with, I just never have. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, I forgot how much I fucking loved him. Like, it it felt weird as fuck. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off him. Like, I forgot how yeah. the intensity was definitely because of him. Like, he brought the fucking intensity yeah. to this fucking match, like, by far, hands down. And And at this point, this is when I'm, like, really ramping up my wrestling love and, like, getting into the real shit, like shooting and shit and all that stuff. So, like, Team Angle is, by far, at this point in time, is my favorite thing in wrestling besides Triple H. Like, I thought they were the fucking yeah. shit. Like, Kurt coming with the hoodie on, the, you know what I'm saying? Them coming with the hoodies up and everything, looking like a real badass, like, MMA team Ooh. coming back from training and shit yeah. and everything. Like, just everything they did was fucking amazing to me. Like, so, like, I, I was so hyped to see this match and, like, see them win, too. And I think that... Charlie Haas's injuries probably cost them a lot of time like that. They they could have been more and done more, but his injury history always kind of set them back as far as being like a tag team. I think right. uh I think uh Kyle when you when you speak to people around mine and RN's age uh these are like you'll find that like these are our favorite wrestlers. Yes. Um, oh, mine too, for sure. Yeah, man. There's cuz it's it's you know, it's the generational thing. Um, and then there's the affinity for the guys in the mid card that you knew just had like so much like special ability and mm-hmm. they weren't always the pushed guys that, you know, you were always going to see in the top of the card. So when these guys won titles, it felt huge. It, it was, you know, like kind of like the similar vein of like what Daniel Bryan was able mm-hmm. to achieve uh, in his run. And yep. um, yeah, Aaron said it, man. And, and I've, I've made no bones about it. There was like a solid three or four years. Chris Benoit was hands down my favorite wrestler. Like just if you asked mm-hmm. me like who on the roster and it was that in that the level of intensity, the realism to his character, uh, that it factor where like he just always had your attention. And so seeing this match was just pure joy as, as what it is, man. There's so yeah. much tied into it outside of just the work these guys put in those couple minutes is like that was that's like that's a that's a very good um, sample 
of like the pool of wrestlers that really were mm-hmm. uh, 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 favorites for people that were like teenagers in the early yeah. 2000s and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a classic example. SmackDown in particular during this era, early 2003, yeah. mid 2003, was so rich with the, these kind of like. Smoke. Then you have Brock and yeah. Kurt up top. You got John Cena on the rise. Like there was so much good stuff happening on SmackDown during this. Raw had its Goldberg's there, whatever. But like SmackDown, yeah, like the work rate, the really quality. I mean, dude, the main stuff event is, was uh, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. That yeah. that alone is just a sick combination back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with what you guys said about this match. A lot of uh, I mean, Benoit and Eddie in particular, like any intera- any interactions they had in this match were particularly good because both of yeah. those guys just have like this crazy intensity that is just like it's a, a past generation. Like they don't build guys like these anymore. It's insane. Um, weirdly enough, I thought Chavo actually looked really good in this match. He had like one hot tag where he was bouncing all over the place. He was hitting Rana's and all sorts of offensive moves that, um, you didn't really see that fire from him a lot, but it's WrestleMania. So I guess if there's any time to turn it on, it's, uh, it's this match. <laughs> um, I, that's the thing too. I feel kind of felt bad for Chavo. Cause like he was never going to be like, right. no. he's never was going to be anything, but like, even if he ever had a chance, he always had Eddie's shadow. Like, lingering over him you know what i'm saying but like yeah you're he's right. an example he of a guy that never got out of the shadow never. some people some people can chavo chavo never got out of eddie's shadow to this and day i think that he should have just leaned into it more honestly especially after eddie passed which i mm-hmm. knew like i would i know eddie Guerrero would not have got mad if chavo kind of exploited him a little bit well they kind of did a career. little bit right because he feuded with ray for a while, and I think that was yeah, the but I mean, of it. not not necessarily like that. Like, but I mean, like leaning into like Eddie's Eddie's my guy, and I'm Eddie's guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, using yeah. that sympathy and using that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Him in my fucking video mm-hmm. package, him a shirt with me and him on like something. Like, I would have fucking leaned hard into that shit now that he was finally gone, and use it as like yeah, yeah. like with Cody. Like Cody does that with with Dusty. Like. He's yeah. a part of him, but at the same time, he's not. But at but he still never lets you forget that that's who his dad is. I, more so like that than like, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I don't know if I yeah, explained yeah. it right, but no, I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I, personally, I'm more of a Kerwin White guy, but that's yeah, just right. Me. So yeah, um, Chavo is always gonna ha- like, he's always gonna have that man for anybody that saw it. Like the two weeks it was on TV, like that <laughs> that shit will never mm-hmm. leave you, man. <laughs> Um, but he's looking good in this match. Everybody is. Shelton's throwing out some six suplexes and super kicks. Uh, towards the end, Eddie hits a frog splash on the Shelton. Uh, chaos everywhere. Rhino hits a gore to Charlie Haas and then a gore to Chavo. Then he gets knocked to the outside. It's or somebody pulls him onto the outside. There's brawling on the outside. And then in the ring, Chavo's dead from this gore. Yeah. And Shelton Benjamin crawls over, covers Chavo for the win. So team angle. Retains the tag team titles here. Good, just a good chicken shit heel finish yeah. too to accompany what they're doing with Angle and all that stuff. Yeah, I got Given a hot, these, hot I mean, take. The Gore at this time was the best spear in fucking wrestling. Better than Goldberg's, Edge's, anybody. That fucking Gore, especially okay. around this time. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'd take that over anybody's spear. Yeah, no, I, I think Goldberg had some good spears too, but I think Rhino had the better consistency with. Because some of the like Goldberg's always looked like it hurt, but it didn't always right. look good. You know, right. Rhino's always looked beautiful. And Rhino's like, is very theatrical, but very brutal. Like, yes, right. yeah, it it's a perfect blend of both. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, but okay, here we go. Now we're back to the Miller Lite girls. Yeah, man. <laughs> this this is what we're here to talk about. Oh, right. Jesus, dude. Takes great so, less feeling, bitches. No, no, no. It's Vince McMahon. Hulk Hogan. Who? What is this girl's accent? I couldn't make it out. Was she like Canadian or Russian or? I don't know. Like retarded or what? At first, I'm not gonna lie to you. At first, I like adjusted my like. I fucked with my volume and shit. I'm like, is that like? Is her voice sound off? Like, like I was like, what the fuck is just stupid? She's or foreign, whatever. Isn't it all the same according to WWE? Funny faces. Look at this foreigner. Uh, oh, man. Well, speaking of foreigners, we got a Canadian here in this next match. We got Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels. Um, so my question here, just to open yeah. up, is this Chris Jericho's peak right here? No. No. No? What would you say was his peak two, is? The 2009 or whatever when he was with the suit and Big Show and shit and all that Jericho. Okay. And when, and okay. The, was it the, that. is that the second or third match with Shawn Michaels when he punches his wife? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I can get with that. Yeah, that's, no, I, that's I think, Pete Jericho. Jer- Jericho, is, well, he's also a guy that has known how to, like, reinvent himself. Reinvent himself, like maybe like, like you know, stay if if you were to like power rank like ten being like the very top of the card, and and uh, and and one is is dude, you're here, your local enhancement. Like Jericho has been able just to maintain a cruise control of like a seven or an eight yeah. over the years through the reinvention. Yeah, by by not being the very top of the card all the time, he has been able just to maintain that top of the card status around that like seven or eight, and then but high enough where. A new company like AEW is going to anoint him his uh, his uh, uh, the world championship. Like, no. Short hair Jericho is the goat. Go Jericho. I I don't know if you could really pick like which which era. No, I'm picking Jericho it. Uh, it's short hair Jericho and WWE with the Jericho shit. That match with mm. Shawn Michaels, like the intensity and shit. Like Jericho hasn't been that. anywhere close to that. Like I'm not saying that the AEW run hasn't been dope because it has. And like you said, him reinventing himself and him still doing it 20 years later. But that, I want to say it was like 2008 to like 2010 when he cut the fucking hair off. Uh, and like I said, Big Show was like his bodyguard and they had the like Jared Show tag team and he had the the talk show yeah. and shit. Like that shit was next level shit. I think I think my favorite is uh, uh, his uh, um, uh, tag team with Kevin Owens. I think that's my favorite Jericho. Just the because the, of friendship. I, the festival of friendship was such a huge payoff to a character that I, I and a, like a, a a chemistry that I loved. It right. felt like just like the perfect, however long, like 10, 11 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's that was another reinvention thing, because that was supposed to be some yeah. shit that lasted like a couple weeks and they turned it in to almost a year. And it should have been the fucking main event that year. And he's very vocal yeah. about that, too. <laughs> Bro, there was like a writer that watched like Chris Jericho have like a passing conversation with Kevin Owens, and they were like, "You two, <laughs> fucking TV right now, right. like that's that's next all, year, right now." Yeah, that is it. Because they, they dude, their their chemistry and timing was fucking flawless, dude. Right, absolutely yeah. flawless. Yeah, I mean, to me, man, like Jericho, like I think cruise control, Kyle, is is the right way to put it because he's never mm-hmm. been like. There's a gear that he's only exceeded a few times in his career i would argue like mm-hmm. suit jericho is one 
I think that's his best character. And I think even like his matches during the time, like Ray right. and Sean, like that's top level Jericho as far as I'm concerned. Same. Um, but even here, man, like the, this match is great. I mean, we'll get into it. Jericho, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 19 stole the show in my opinion. Yeah. Um, as a character though here, he's like a guy that's there. Like, yeah, I guess you're not doing anything. We'll put you in a match with Shawn Michaels who also wasn't doing it. Although they did have a, a pretty long build to this match. So maybe that's unfair to say, but um, it's like uh it's it's the the most recent story like version of this story that's been told was MJF CM Punk. Right. Is I yeah. I looked up to you and I surpassed you. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. the classic yep. you were my hero and now I want to yeah, I mean it's it's a classic line like story yeah, that's idols done. become your rivals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's um it was cool. Like uh or even I had, Adam Adam Cole and Jericho, right? It wasn't that kind of the premise of their feud? Adam Cole looked up to Jericho. Oh, shit, I didn't even realize that. If if that was it, I was probably halfway paying attention. To I that could feud. be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Storylines <laughs> don't exist in AEW. There, yeah, there's only like five different exists. stories you tell in wrestling, yeah. and they're all you kind of switch up the people. Well, not even that. AEW doesn't tell anything, but maybe five stories on the entire fucking time that they. I'll say this. AEW Jericho can eat my asshole. Nothing that he's done in AEW. Some of he's had some okay matches. His character has been dog shit from start to finish, as far as I'm concerned. But maybe that's a different podcast in itself. Um, maybe that's a different show. It's, <laughs> it's debatable. It's the. Well, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big AEW hater, and yeah, that's I don't. See, I like AEW. I just don't like Chris Jericho in AEW. I don't I, think I, I don't I'm think with anyone, you about thirty percent. Yeah, I I don't think um I don't think anybody that's watched Jericho for like a meaningful amount of time thinks that this is his favorite version. Uh, this is their favorite version. I don't. Uh, maybe the theme song, though. The theme song, maybe that. But slaps yeah, right when yeah. he did that at New Year's resolution with the uh, choir. Like I literally have yeah. that on my YouTube playlist. Like that plays. I, I listen to at least once or twice a Dude, fucking week. They, that shit goes so they hard. They banned his song. They banned his song from TV, and he let the they they fucking handed out lyrics, and the whole audience belted it out anyways. Right. Yeah. Oh boy, the pain maker. Gotta love him. No, uh, like, no, no, no. That uh, is that is that is worse Jericho. Right? That is that is worse Jericho. That is worse Jericho. That is worse Jericho. And I feel bad because Jericho believes in it so good, man. <laughs> he does. He believes in everything he does. Which yeah, is, man. Uh, sometimes a little heavy handed. But in this case though, I think it works because like you guys brought up. The whole thing here is that Jericho, he always looked up to Shawn Michaels when Jericho was coming up in the Indies and ECW, like everybody compared him to Shawn Michaels and it was a compliment at the time, but now Jericho feels like he's surpassed him. So it's a classic story, but they, they told it for a while, like even before the Royal Rumble, they were kind of going at it on the mic and then they both wanted to be number one in the rumble so that they can prove that they could be like the ultimate because Shawn Michaels did it. So Jericho yeah. had to prove that he could also do it. So they like fought for the number one position and then they held, held a whole thing where Jericho took Shawn out of the rumble, attacked him from behind. So for, for months they've been building up to this match, which is great, which is something I appreciate. Um, match itself. I mean, there's so much we can get into. I, a lot of this match is Jericho kind of playing into the fact that he's like, been compared to Shawn Michaels at one point. Jericho hits the forearm and the kip up and does the pose, like all the Shawn Michaels stuff. Yeah, but then as he's posing, Shawn kips up behind him and then starts doing his stuff. So a lot of that in this match. I don't know anything in particular about this match. Kind of catch your guys' eye. 
how athletic oh, Sean was, even on that bad back. Like he oh, wasn't yeah. Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, but he was still, he was still good as shit. I mean, they they called it before he even got to the ring when Shawn Michaels was making his entrance. They were like, uh, "This very well might likely steal the show," and uh, yeah, like it absolutely did. It's just it's a great, well put together match. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, it's got a it's got a, a a really heavy hand on the athleticism, but um, plenty of storytelling mixed in there to to keep you gripped. It's it's just it is like you know damn near a, a perfect match. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for these guys, and it was a lot of fun. I was I was struggling to remember, like when I was watching it, I was like, "Is this the feud every that I missed?" And I realized that's the one RN's talking about, like the right. 05 feud. Mm-hmm. And that's I wasn't. Yeah. No, I thought it, I then. thought that was this too until it like came yeah. out. Like I was like, "Wait a minute, that's not what happened." I feel I like there was a lot more heated this. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The the first the one that everybody goes back on, like it's not this. Like I was like, "Wait a minute." And then I had to like kind of go back and look at some shit because I definitely did not remember this match. Really? No, I really. Didn't. I uh, nope. Same here. I I remember everyone talking about it and how it stole the show, but I mm-hmm. uh, the only thing that I ever really remembered was the moment, like the after the right. match moment that everybody talks about. But it's right. just like, it's a really good match, man. It's, I don't know really much to say about it other than that. Yeah, I mean, it just had so many different. Like, there's a lot of matches on this card that kind of feel formulaic in a sense, where it's like, okay, the mm-hmm. heel starts, he beats him up, the baby face tries to come back, he gets shut down, yada yada yada. This one had all sorts of like, like they're fighting on the outside, Jericho locks in the walls on the outside on the Sean, then he has to like beat the count out deal, and then they get into the ring, and like I said, Jericho is kind of mocking Sean a lot of this, a lot of top rope offense from both guys. Yep. Um, at one point, Sean is going for his elbow off the top rope, but Jericho like kicks the ref into the rope to knock him off, which I feel like it was kind of like a, a more rare occurrence back then than it is nowadays. Um, and Jericho, like they're having a great match, but Jericho's still maintaining like, okay, I'm the heel. I need to do like these shitty things, like shove the ref and use the ropes and stuff like that. So it was just a really complete match. It's really all I can say about it. Um, towards the end. Jericho has the walls in in the ring. Sean crawls and crawls, gets to the ropes. Jericho's bitching at the ref, turns around, gets a sweet chin music, which sounded beautiful. It was the most aesthetically beautiful sounding kick. The spit flies. Everything was perfect about it. Um, But Sean ends up winning with a roll up out of the corner after he counters like a suplex or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Just rolls up Jericho for the win out of nowhere. So winning with a wrestling hold. To complete a really good wrestling match. So all in all, from start to finish, I thought this was just really well put together. Um, and then the aftermath, of course, Jericho offers his hand, or Sean offers his hand. Jericho's like, nah, brother's got a hug. So they hug. And then Jericho, does he kick him in the dick or does he knee him in the dick? I kicks forget him. what exactly. He kicks oh, field him goal, bro. Field goal. Split the Right uprights. through the uprights. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, man. <laughs> which is I thought was just hilarious. Just right. and that, that that's the end of it. Like that that's the last the last thing you see after this great match is just Jericho being an asshole. And the crowd around. lapped it up too, man. It because oh, yeah. they didn't they didn't they didn't do like cuz nowadays like a lot of the moments we've become so like uh, uh have become kind of formulated and we've seen, you know, everything's been done a thousand times. Right. Um right. this was that moment where obviously you see the respect about to be shared between the guys and only for one to turn. But instead of like just drawing it out, it just happened nice and quick. 
like like a yeah, ripping yeah. of the band-aid and the and the crowd still reacted in kind as yeah. well too and so um no it just it felt good it felt different you know there's there's like a timing to modern wrestling now like you can you can kind of feel how long a segment will draw out for and stuff like that and um when you go back 20 years the timing's not quite the same there's something nobody sells like Shawn michaels and that too. Oh, that yeah. That too. <laughs> That's why he's the. I mean, because Sean doesn't have like this incredibly in depth move set. Like he has like no. five moves, but the way he sells, the way he his emotions. I mean, it's like, all, I, people know like Triple H is my goat, but the goat is Shawn Michaels. Similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, well, I'm he's the goat's that. goat. Is what it is because right. the yeah. goat's Ric Flair. But you ask who Ric Flair's goat is, and he says Sean. So, hey man. Well, speaking of goats, we have the goat. Of rock and roll here. We got Limp Biscuit <laughs> back at it. Uh, they got two performances, man. Between them and the Miller Light girls. Jesus. Oh, but this this show is all Limp Biscuit and Miller oh. Light girls, and I'm all here yeah, for man. it. Very the 2003. Brand integration, man. <laughs> uh, but they're here to play Crack Attic. Crack Attic. Oh, they're that, that's their number one hit, man. That's the that's the Limp Bizkit song that everybody remembers 30 years Dude. later is Crack Addict. I think at least <laughs> at least 15 minutes of this three three and a half hour show is Crack Addict. This I was a uh, just... Limp Bizkit concert with some wrestling matches in between. <laughs> yeah, man. It's WrestleMania. That man. actually wouldn't be that. That wouldn't be a bad event, man. I'd go. It to really that. wouldn't. I'd go to. It. I really would fucking <laughs> go to that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Someone needs to adopt a Limp Bizkit song as their entrance music, like current day, so they can come right. back and perform yeah. their music. Like I said, they're, they're on tour again. It'd be a great time to do it. Now's the time. Now's the time. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess this is the point where the cat fight is, right? So, uh, <laughs> okay, we got the uh, culmination of all the Miller Lite girls. I don't even know if we mentioned. They met up with Tori Wilson and Stacy backstage earlier in the show. Yeah, that's what, that, was their, um, that was one of the things they argued over Hogan or McMahon. Right. That's what yeah. it was. They also, uh, the Miller Lite girls, they brought up Tori Wilson because uh, she just recently posed for Playboy. I think that's, I don't know if it's out at this point. I think it's like about to be released. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you, have you guys ever uh, gandered at uh, Tori's Snatch in Playboy? Yes. Dude, so fucking... Thoughts back yeah. in the day, that tiny bleached <laughs> asshole. God damn, man! Could eat a meal I, off of it, right? I haven't in a long time, but now I have a feeling I know what I'm doing when we get off the podcast. Bleached your asshole? Yeah, that was that's totally where I was going with that. Shit. Okay, just making yeah. sure, just making sure. <laughs> um, I'm just so like they have the fucking bed set up on the stage. I'm not gonna lie to you, Kyle. I fast forwarded this. Nope, I watched I, it. We're gonna. I we are going to. Too. We're not gonna jog. We're not gonna jog through this. We're gonna walk very slowly through this. So, there is fifty four thousand people in that arena. How There's long a, did this match clock for? Not that long. I mean, it might have been a minute, but it's a minute okay. too long. Um, it was just the build up. I'm just some, trying to imagine the Miller Lite girls. <laughs> like, what what is going through their head? They're just some commercial whores. Not like commercial yeah. whores, but like whores from commercials. You know what I mean? Right. Um, then they're just walking out. There's a bed. There's over 54,000 people watching them have a stupid pillow fight. Tori comes out. Stacy makes a run in. I don't know what the rules are to this match. There's not even a referee. I guess coach is kind of the no, referee. No, coach was like live. That's actually what made me fast forward was hearing coach on a live mic. 
like <laughs> talk me through it. And I was like, nope, that's that took me out, coach. Sorry, bro. <sighs> well, coach Stacey always gets... ended up in these segments, too. He got steamrolled. You know, they were all the girls were tussling. They were cat fighting. And then he's like they the rolled goofy over virgin. Him. Right. Like that's that is how they treated him. Like he was he's Byron Saxton virgin. of 2003. It, it truly couldn't have made a more relatable statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's spanking involved. You know, space. Stacy gets rolled up into a schoolboy, gets spanked. Uh, Tanya and uh, tits over there on the bed, pillow fighting. And then they'll eventually they just stop and raise yeah. each other's hands. And that's about yeah. it. So, uh, just had to really, it, it's part of the show. We got to highlight. I mean, it's, I mean, we're building up to this. It's what everybody came to see, I think. So, right. yeah. Event. No, everybody was running to get like funnel cakes, I think. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this was just like, feel free to go get some funnel cakes. And if you look at a monitor in the hall while you're out there, this is what you're going to see for the next (laughs) couple minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, speaking of funnel cakes, we got, uh, there's no relation to funnel cakes, but we got the world heavyweight title match. I was really intrigued (laughs) by this segue, man. (laughs) We got something delicious and sugary up next. Here we go, Delicious. Uh, on a street. Triple H versus Booker T. Yeah. Ooh, we. So, uh, so, 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 so I thought, cause I watch a lot of old wrestling, right? Yeah. And some things I go back and watch that like aren't as bad as people make it out to be. Like Billy and Chuck, for example. You go back and watch that. It's not like. It's gay. fairly tame. It's just like guys no, it's that are like. Gay. It's pretty gay. I it's mean, a little gay. They're caught like in ambiguous no, back then, situations. Back yeah. then, pretty gay is extremely gay. Back I guess, then. yeah. But they're not like holding hands. They're not kissing. They're not. No, stalking, the most the most know? erotic thing that you caught them doing was like stretching in the back. At like one right. point, they were yeah. stretching and they were like crotch to crotch. Yeah. Um, but well, that's, if you're not going to be caught crotch to crotch with your homies, are they your let, homies? Let us yeah. gingerly touch our tips. Exactly. <laughs> CRN gets it. Um, well, my point is, yeah, some things aren't as bad, you know, as people make yeah. it out to be. But, <laughs> boy, howdy, the build to this match and the match itself. Well, the match, the ending to this match, I'll say. All of that is just as bad as you remember, if not worse. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, no Triple H out here. No one like you is going to be champion. Dance. He, said, he, t- he tells Booker T to dance for him. Uh, he's, he's, he's just a common street thug. Bro, I guess everything Triple H said was I, 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 dude, I was like, dude, RN, like RN, this is the floor is yours, man. Cause I already know where you're going to go. Everything he said was completely correct. Booker T is fucking (laughs) ass. Okay. He's ass. Right. Yeah. Booker T, I literally can't fucking stand Booker T. And like, he made, like, he made this (laughs) error. Right. He, <laughs> nigga, all you did was shuck and jive, nigga. What do you mean? That is all you did was dance. Like, I hate fucking Booker. Booker T is one of those people, like, cry wolf and shit about everything that makes white people not believe black people when they say fucked up shit happens. Like, bro, you were the uh-huh. world champion in the worst time of fucking wrestling for a company, and you were the champion when the motherfucking place burnt down. Like, bro, like, yeah. everything. Booker T's whole claim to fame is shucking and jiving for these white folks. And niggas won't look at Triple H like he's saying something that ain't complete. That isn't the fucking truth. Like, come on. You pretended to be a thug from Harlem. You was from, from Texas with your country bumpkin ass. Like, bro, like this shit, like, like I was so happy to watch this match. Cause like, 
like you said, like everyone <laughs> makes it out to be like it was like, like it made him out to Triple H out to be like he was like Missy or Candy from fucking Django or something, bro. Like, no, the nigga right. just said what was really going on. You shuck and jive and spin a Rooney to make white people clap for you, motherfucker. That's what you do. You dance, monkey, dance. So don't get mad when a motherfucking points it out. Oh my god, that is the biggest swerve I've ever I've ever heard in my life. Um, man. I've been dude, I've been listening to this for like the last three years, bro. <laughs> no, I knew it. I was like, when I was watching the show, I was like, dude, I cannot fucking wait for Aaron to talk about this. Well, uh, but honestly, that's wow. what Booker T does. He it's, spins, you know, great dances and makes white people. Oh lord, they pick a bella cotton. That, that's what he. I'm gonna tell does. you this. As a white person, gosh darn it, I love Booker T's Spinneroonie. It, it is just the bee's knees. Yeah, man. No, I'm right there with you. I don't, dude. Do I don't, just because RN is spitting the truth, I never shy away from, I fucking love Booker T and I love Shucky Ducky. I, that shit. Oh. I totally get it, man. Well, as a I love him on commentary. Person. Oh, God, no, you, let me tell you as something, As a Joseph. black person, he is in a fucking embarrassment. And no black, I've never heard a black person say Shucky Ducky quack quack ever in my entire fucking life. His whole thing is he's a black man in blackface fucking performing for white people. That's what he is. He's a black man in blackface. He is offensive to black people. Like, I don't give a fuck. No one can tell me anything different. Like, book, even how he talks on, on NXT, like, he be saying shit like, I'm from a all-black family from the fucking South. My grandmother was born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I don't know people that talk or sound like Booker T. Talk to him, don't show blood. Fuck, put him on a biscuit, blah, 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 eat some oakland. Like, nigga, shut the fuck up, bro. I fucking hate Booker T so much. Well, you're not, it's very different than Harlem, RN, you see. It's, I think it's a different yeah. dialect. Yeah. So, he just wouldn't know. It's a Civil yeah. War thing. He's from Harlem. I fucking um, love Booker T, man. Booker T is the oh, shit. Oh, he's though. great. I fucking you're love him, to, man. You're white. You're supposed yeah. to. You that's see how he jumps high? Target. I mean, he's so, he's crazy, right? That's your target right, audience. He's so fast. He's so goofy. Uh, you know what I mean? He's a character. He's literally like Dolomite or some shit. Like he, it is he, what it is, dude. A he black is no exploitation he's, character. Black he's, snow. Um, yeah. <laughs> he is. I mean, honestly, yeah. he's literally like he would thrive in those movies back in the day with titties and fucking fake karate and shit. He would I, I mean, thrive. in the years that I've known you, like, you know, it never occurred to me um, until you point until you pointed it out. You know what I mean? And yeah. like I I, uh, I had a uh, I was never really able to like come to that conclusion on my own. But like when you when you pointed it out, I was like, you know what? Like, you know, a wrestling ring is full of like what? It's like 80 percent white in there. If you right. like, you know, and that's a diverse <laughs> day. Right. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> like he knows. Yeah. Booker T is definitely playing to this audience that I was clearly a part of. It's just like I think as individuals, we'd like to think that we're not like typecasted or fall into any type of stereotypes. And I think that's what made me nervous to agree with you for the longest time, you know. It was like, but then, God damn it, if you ain't right, dude, because I fucking love Booker T. I love all that shit about him, and I always, always did. Oh, I fucking the, the always dancing. Did, the dancing lets your defenses down. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I totally fucking get it. That's and that's why I'm fucking so uncomfortable watching like Swerve <laughs> Scott on TV, man. Like Swerve makes me nervous as shit when I watch him on TV with like Barclavas and everything. Yeah, I know. But then fucking you know? Rusev talking about God's telling him to kill people. He was completely right. comfortable with Rusev. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I was really That's cool fine. with Rusev. Yeah, Rusev. Dark, dark skin fell out here with a hood. Oh, <laughs> take all my money. Fucking hell. Oh, well. Look at us breaking Rusev. down barriers. 
the match wasn't that good even as a match. I, even with I would all go as far to say it was pretty said. bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even even just as a wrestling match, it wasn't that good. You so, people, people talk about the off. finish. People talk about the finish and what we can talk about that too. But I mean, the match, like before that, there was just no heat to this match. No. I mean, because there was a period of time, like late O2, when Booker was with t- team with Goldust, people loved Booker T. He was super hot. I would still say he's pretty hot here, but he's definitely his momentum has kind of waned a little bit. And I think I don't think he would get another shot after this, at least until like 06 or whatever the hell. Because um, even but, that, that was the same thing. Like it was a comedy fucking act. Like yeah, when he was King like, Booker. Booker. Yeah, right. King Booker is like the probably the. Um, his last his peak, at, his last peak as like a singles competitor. Otherwise, Booker T, yeah. like uh, like Gold Dust, just works better in the odd couple um, tag teams when you don't have to take them so seriously. Like in none yeah. of his roles, none of his so roles that, that require you, none of his roles that required you to take him seriously ever really completely did. proving my point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of this match is submissions and. <laughs> I mean, Booker is, he, he look, he, he he jumps too high. I don't know what to tell you. He jumps too mm-hmm. high, he falls over the top rope, lands on the outside, goes for like a sidekick or whatever on Triple H. Triple H ducks. And on the outside, as Triple H is distracting the ref, Ric Flair picks up Booker T and drops him knee first on the steel steps ringside, throws him back in the ring, and then we get what feels like 87 minutes of Triple H doing various leg submissions. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about Find yourself somebody that loves you as much as Jim Ross loves an Indian Deathlock because this dude wouldn't stop <laughs> busting a nut over. But I haven't seen that variation of the Indian Deathlock since Bill Dundee did it and wherever the tits, you know? I don't know. Uh, I mean, he just wouldn't stop joining on about this, but I mean, Triple H had it on for five minutes at least, but. Then some other, you know, figure fours or whatever the hell. And then Booker T is trying to hit the scissors kick, but he hits it. Uh, but he can't follow up because he can't get up and pin him. But apparently, he's good enough to go up onto the top rope and hit a Harlem hangover. The old uh, front flip leg drop, which looked pretty sick, to be fair. Yeah. I forgot about that move. Fire. Yeah, yeah that's, that is. That's, yeah. He only busted it's a really out fucking, matches. Yeah. yeah, it's a really dangerous move, man. Because if you bring down your heel... Like yeah, that's that's yeah, nice. knocking out. somebody. Like, he, he did that. Yeah, to you're knocking someone out, man. He broke somebody's be, orbital bone, I think. I can't remember who it yeah. was, but he did fuck somebody yeah. up with it. I could be wrong. I think this might be the last time he did it in WWE because I think he did, I think he did it a few a bunch of times in WCW, but in WWE he only did it like a, a handful of times. Um, and this looked stiff, so maybe that was why. Right. Uh, <laughs> landed right on H's head, but uh, ultimately. Or he, he pins Triple H after that, but Flair puts his puts Trips' legs on the ropes to break up the pin, and then Booker goes for the scissors kick, but his leg gives out. He crumples, and Triple H hits the pedigree, but doesn't make the pin uh, very quickly. Kind of takes his time. Like, what is it, like 27 seconds or something? I always see these, like, it's memes of, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, very... Yeah. It's- the 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 tail is it just gets longer like Triple H Triple H hits the leg uh, the pedigree then takes a victory lap around the ring and before uh, yeah. he crawls in and, and pins Booker T and it's like I don't know because Booker T didn't get that much offense in in, the, in this match so there's really no reason for Triple H to sell that much so it's very bizarre definitely the chemistry um, was just off from the beginning like this everything yeah. about this match was off yeah I mean. 
it's like a match that um without like barring like any like serious injuries happening uh like just everything that you don't want happening in a match happened like there'd be no chemistry a bad payoff a mm-hmm. bad finish just the crowds not there's, into there's, it. yeah commentary was bad on it too like um you know, I always remember hearing like the the story was built on the racial undertones, but I would forget that the commentary's job is to sell you the story. So they're leaning into that shit, like telling you mm-hmm. about all the racist shit that has <laughs> yeah. built this match up. You know, so like even hearing hearing that while I'm watching the match is like, oh yeah, this is just this is not an enjoyable watch from like any aspect. Um and it's not so bad that you can even enjoy it because it's like a like a super bad match. It's just it's not a fun time. Um, yeah. In hindsight, though, in hindsight, uh, would you keep the finish? Looking back at like what Booker T's career became, Triple H's career. Yeah, um, I don't think it really matters. Ultimately, I think the result would have been the same. I think right. I think this finish is very unnecessary. I don't think it added anything to the match. I think it would have made more sense for him to just pin him. But ultimately, yeah. I don't think it really mattered going. But forward. at this time, would they you- always had to do some. Sp- bullshit on the finishes like it was every match on this card had some weird ass fucking stupid finish like literally every match would uh would you change uh it over to a booker t win no even even to serve the story no because like i said he had, he was a fucking comedy act yeah. like everything leading up to this was him getting his ass beat by austin in the fucking uh grocery store the shit with gold dust like He's literally Santino Morella, bro. Like, he did not deserve to have a fucking title. I mean, I don't disagree with that completely, but knowing the year that Triple H would have after this, I mean, he's just having bullshit matches with Kevin Nash, and then Goldberg shows up, and then I think that's, like, pretty much the rest of the year is those two guys. Maybe, like, a Shawn Michaels here and there or whatever, but he doesn't... there's, There's nothing good from Triple H after this. So, like, Booker T winning, like, it couldn't be worse, is what I'm saying. I feel like, even if it was, like, a month rain. But also, too, he was stuck on fucking Raw when all the good workers were on SmackDown. He had all the big guys and all the comedy guys on fucking Raw. Raw has Chris Nowinski. (laughs) Oh, man. They could have a feud, right? I would have given Booker the win. I'd give Booker the win. I'm. I'm. That's only because you feel bad about you like him suck shucking and jiving. Stop. Hmm. (laughs) I know. No. See, that's that's the thing, Aaron. Is I can agree with you, but I do not feel bad about liking Booker T. Like he's still gonna be. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. You shouldn't feel bad. He should. But I feel sympathy for his character. Yeah, I still feel like I was like, man. I feel like yeah, just the build up and how they beat him down i think it would have made sense for him it's, to win because the story the story really was is like racism wins you know i mean right. at the end of the day that's still the story you're nothing <laughs> but a common street thug Get, i'll prove it by beating you all right yeah. you're out of here go fight for the ic title against what's, christian for five what's years wrong for, yeah. what's wrong with the truth prevailing i mean at that time <laughs> everything yeah, everything triple a said was exactly right racism I did always win <laughs> Uh, niggas was not gonna get any fucking hype or any type of world title action in the WWE. So, a fantastic segue actually into this next match: Hulk Hogan <laughs> versus <laughs> Vince McMahon. Let's talk about it, folks. Get the two that reasons why black people undesirable out of here. Let's huh? literally the two reasons why black people never got ahead <laughs> in this company. Oh, man. Hulk Hogan wrote Triple H's promos for him. <laughs> I think right. that was. Yeah, 
He produced, yeah, he, definitely <laughs> he produced that match, dude. It was a little harsher let's, than let's what he wrote. Let's push that narrative. Let's get that Triple out there. Triple H edited some of it. He was like, no, nah, Hulk, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> no, brother. They, they, they love it. The TV execs won't use won't no, let us good. use that word. As long word. as you don't use the hard R. As long as you don't use the hard <laughs> no, R. They're, they're not going <laughs> to let us use that word, Hulk. <laughs> no, I'm telling what? you, brother. Just don't put the R on it. <laughs> they're fine with it, I promise. <laughs> they call don't each other all the time. <laughs> oh, uh, well, we got Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon, which is a match that happened. Absolutely. For whatever reason. Um, and Kyle, so, Kyle, we covered Backlash yeah. 2002, which is the show where Hulk Hogan won the WWE title against Triple H. Yeah. Less than a year later, Hogan is just in the old man league, it seems. Yeah. Struggling to wrestle a 60 year old or whatever the hell he is, Vince McMahon, who's not a wrestler. It was just bizarre to watch. Like, knowing that context, just, I don't know. Was, was this, is this is before McMahon versus Flair at Mania, right? Um, so that was Royal Rumble, and that was a year before this. That was a year before this. Okay, so yeah. 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 So I remember this was the period of time where I started looking at Hogan um, and Flair as, like, grandpas. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and, and mm-hmm. it, this match kind of signaled like this flip, like this switch in my head flipping from you're like a big wrestler who can win a world title to you're like an old man. Like you're just, you know, because yeah. like as a teenager, I still bought into like that. Like you could be 50 and be a top of the card guy. But this, yeah, this match and the one with especially the one with Flair, I was like, dude, these are just some like old geezers uh, <laughs> fucking like falling over each other. How old is Hulk Hogan at this point? Does anybody know? He's got to be 60s. Early, early, you think so? I bet you he's younger than you think. Yeah, I was going to say like early to mid 50s. So he's 69 today. And this was 30, no, 20 years ago. So he was 49. He he wasn't. He aged terribly. He He is. Well, he just started. he, He was fucking like by 19, he looked like an old man. So yeah, the decades kind of just blend into it with each other. He's always had the horseshoe bald right. kind of yeah. look. He is three years older than AJ Styles is right now at this point, which is <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah, because the contrast of like how old like he's perceived, like like his age, you wouldn't picture them that yeah. close in age at all. How old is he in this match? Forty nine. Forty nine. It's not even fucking fifty. Jesus Christ. That's insane. He's old as fuck, dude. Oh, he could barely move at this point, and he still has a lot of wrestling to do in his he life. Still has which two is two more decades almost. <laughs> oh man. Well, that being said, I fucking loved this match. This was awesome from start to finish. Um, maybe not start to finish, but well, the build up was was fun for what it was. I mean, the, the Hulkamania concept, you know, in the mid '80s, that's what kind of sparked what WWE would become to be, and. The whole premise of this feud was that Vince claims that he built Hulkamania and then Hogan's like, well, let me tell you something, brother. The Hulkamaniacs were we built it on the shoulders of Hulk Hogan or whatever. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of that. And then they, you know, um, well, while we're here, <laughs> they, who, who was right? Please. That's a great question. Who built Hulkamania? I think. It was well, Hulk. if yes, I think it's Hulk Hogan, according yeah. to the blonde Miller yeah. Lightfoot. Oh, I mean, he did. He pulled a he pulled a Tom Brady like the same thing. That who who do who built the Patriot dynasty? Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Well, if you go somewhere else and do it again without the guy you did it with, to me that kind of yeah. shows who that shows who it's it the, was. the man, right? Yeah, 
You, I like, hey, man, that's a really good analogy. I like that, man. I like that. I'm a huge Tom Brady. But the, so you're saying that Hogan went to WCW, did the same thing? Yeah. He completely yeah, I mean, I think, you, I think you just put more stock in it. I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. It's not like Vince, you don't, that doesn't disregard like all the stuff that Vince helped. Well, I'm but, saying that I think it was very premised on what Vince did is why yeah. he was big in WCW. In fact, when Hogan first went to WCW, he was doing the classic Hogan thing, the red and yellow, and it sucked. The crowd turned on it. So, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. But and he, he still he turned it around away. and made them literally the catalyst for WCW. Right. But I think, I think what made for... it so strong is that he's doing the opposite of what he did in WWE, which is still, right. it's still no, that's, related that's, to the WWE and Vince. No, that's that literally that the did. point of it, though. He was doing the Vince shit, and he sucked ass, and he was getting booed. He stopped doing yeah. event shit, did something different that he should have did a long time ago, and took off, and they kicked WWE's ass for 80-something um, weeks. He's a classic Cody Rhodes, man. He was he was stuck in a shit gimmick in WWE, and he left and bet on himself in the minor leagues, and he became Hulk Hogan this, this, is That Cody is not Rhodes, a great analogy at all. Yeah, man. <laughs> he went and made himself <laughs> a, a bigger star. I think it's like the reverse of Cody and Rhodes. Then when he came, and when he came back to WWE, he got the world title, like, immediately. So you're saying that Cody Rhodes teaming with Hardcore Holly is the same as Hogan slamming Andre, is what you're saying. It's up there, bro. It's up. Yeah, well, it's I actually, would say, yeah. you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm done with him. Cut his mic off for a few seconds. <laughs> well, we're going to solve who created Hulkamania ultimately in this match. That's what we're here to solve. You solve it in the wrestling ring. I thought, we were, so. I thought we were in this match to see how much Vince could bleed in a single match. Sweet Vince Jesus. Vince well, the fucking blade. Oh, my God. He was up dude. at night creaming his jeans over <laughs> being able to play. He was probably practicing. Perfect. Motherfucking bleed. Give him a um, fucking beating. <laughs> so, I like, before I turned this match on, like, I remembered all the blood and the pipes and all the bullshit. I don't remember, like, the six or seven minutes of just chain wrestling in the beginning of this, which is absurd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a wrestling match, man. <laughs> not only that Vince is getting the better of Hulk Hogan he's just rolling out there this old executive asshole in jeans is just beating the shit out of a world the, the most famous wrestler of all time has him by the knuckles he's just overpowering him he's, he's got him in a hammerlock <laughs> oh god it was some good shit pal this was a Vince just this match was a love letter to himself like you're the best yeah, he needed the flex, man. You remember, all those moves showed off those fucking biceps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those right. arms yes. that Vince is so proud of. That's all matters. Yeah. Um, well, the whites win is ultimately what matters. So if you don't believe me, the Spanish announce uh, guy. Destroyed. <laughs> destroyed by a steel chair as Vince. Right. It's, no, it's Hogan that swings the chair. Vince gets out of the way and just clocks Hugo Savinovich. Doesn't even bother checking on him. Just moves on no. with his life. Hugo Blades, which, by the way, he was... I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with Dark Side of the Ring. Um, he was in a recent one with Abdullah the Butcher. So I guess Hugo was, like, in the deathmatch scene. I, 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 I didn't know that until recently. I had no idea. Which makes sense, because Hugo Blades here <laughs> for right, what he's yeah. commentating. Um, which is just hilarious. The Spanish announcing was, was only there to take a bump. Hogan, was, yeah. Hogan was, was going over that match with Vince. He's like, so when do I get to hit a minority, brother? Whoa, 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 whoa! They're leaving. He's like, whoa, 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 Vince. Hold on, hold on one second. There's, there's colored people out there. I didn't get to hit. Can we add that to the match? God damn it! You're right, Hogan. Hit him. 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> Vince, would, Vince would later go on to use the N-word. Uh, well, he used it with an A, so that's all good. <laughs> yeah. Right? He, well, he, he took the advice from Hogan. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not only that, he called John Cena it, which is even more funny for whatever reason. <laughs> That makes it harmless. But it's okay, actually. But he he earned that right because he's throwing out leg drops off of ladders here at WrestleMania, which is just... You beat Hulk Hogan, you get a pass to say the N-word at least once. Is that right? I gotta go find Hulk Hogan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna get Uh, Hogan's ass beat for the rest of his life. (laughs) (laughs) So Vince hits a leg drop on Hogan through the announce table off a ladder, which is just a crazy sentence to say, but that's what happened. Um, and then we get this classic visual, you know, Hogan's back in the ring. Vince is, I think both these guys are busted open at this point. Uh, Vince reaches under the ring and grabs a steel pipe and does the old, uh, what's the movie with, uh, here's Johnny, like the, he like slowly peers over the apron, the shining, the shining. Yeah. He does the the shining deal with the bloody face. It's like, oh, you see that GIF all the early side do, um, gets in there, tries to pipe Hogan. Pause. Uh, Hogan hits him with a low blow. And speaking of pipes, we got old Hot Rod out here. Roddy Piper making a cameo for no reason. Uh, he fucking hates Hogan, man. Yeah, I guess, you know what? You're right. That is, I guess, it's still the long-term storytelling there. Um, he's He doesn't like Vince, I guess. So he he's, he's gets <laughs> in there. Both guys are down. He's, he's spitting on both of them. He's kind of like kicking them both. Yeah. He picks up the pipe and then ends up hitting Hogan with it and then leaves the ring. So I guess he's here to help Vince or to fuck Hulk, whatever the case is. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I choose to believe fuck Hulk. Like, yeah. he, he sees an opportunity to hit Hogan with a pipe. He's going to take it. Yeah. Why does a pipe in wrestling always have to be this like cartoonishly big, like like out of fucking clue? Like It's always like this big, thick. I guess it's visually pleasing, but it's always Pause. silly when I see it. I love this big pipe. Big, thick, visually pleasing. That's what she said. <laughs> um, well, this is also coming off the era where, like, the general public doesn't have such easy access to like real combat sports and real like porn, unadulterated mm. violence and shit like that. So, um, you know, to make it cartoonish uh, is, you know, it's it's big moments and i guess believable by standards well not only that it was the only way they could yeah. get the like networks and shit off their ass they couldn't go like vince knew how far to lean into certain shit and how to get away with certain stuff like, he was a fucking master that's why he's been on tv as long as he have like he knew where the line was and where he could skirt it and not but still mm-hmm. get what he wanted across so like to, don't, that was the main thing about this match it was just this was literally like i said vince writing a love letter to himself like it was fucking awesome in almost every way, him blading himself, Hogan fucking hit me, <laughs> Piper coming out. Like, it was literally all the things he probably wanted to do in a match with Hogan for 40 fucking years, and he finally got to pull out, like, the break glass in case of emergency fucking playbook for the match. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to look at it, too. I never even thought about that. You got to imagine. The guy's a promoter. He does, he does like, fucking love himself, and he loves performing. Um you're right. He probably's had that match in his back pocket for years. Like, oh. I'd love to have, yeah, man, put myself in a match with Hogan. Um, stupid fun, man. It's a bunch of and stupid I, fun. Dude, not just put himself in a match with Hogan. I mean, he's dominating 
From the beginning by, with the chain wrestling to by, the latter By today's spot. standards, they'd be sold as one of the main events. Yeah, literally. Yeah. It yeah. was. I mean, and then the refs. I mean, oh my God, how many refs were in this match? Vince, he pins Hogan after the pipe shot. And it's a two count. And so Vince just shit cans whoever. It was Brian Hemner, I think it was. Um, just tosses him. And then uh, Sylvan, who is his personal referee, who uh, helped screw the Hogan out of a match at No Way Out, he comes out. But then another ref comes behind him and then they tussle and then. Sylvan punches him, knocks him out. He gets in the ring. Hogan hulks up, beats up Sylvan, throws him out. Just a lot of shenanigans here at the end. But then ultimately, it's not one leg drop, not two leg drops, but three leg drops to beat Vince McMahon. You got to come out looking strong out of a loss, brother. And uh, so Hogan wins barely over Vince McMahon in a street fight. So... Good stuff, right? I should have just did a walker on a pole match. Hey, <laughs> there's still time. There's still time. Uh, but we get something a little different after that. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. Mm-hmm. So uh, we touched on it a little bit here as far as like the build to this. Obviously, Rock wants to finally beat Stone Cold at WrestleMania. And you, Kyle, you said that you prefer this match over their other two. Uh, 17 and 15, I think they were. It's, it's not that I prefer it over the other two. Is It's the one that gets remembered the most, I think. What right. I was trying to do was That's relate fair. to what The Rock said, whereas, like, you know, it's the third act that will get remembered and talked about the most. And I was going to say, in all the ways that I consume wrestling and, and hear, like, talking points about wrestling, out of the three matches, I hear this one get brought up the most. Like I said, a lot of that is in part by the, the angle at the end of the match. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm it's still brought up the most. You know what I mean? So uh, that's what I was saying is there was truth to what The Rock said in that promo, in that promo about the three. For sure. Yeah. What, what, uh, what of their three matches do you guys prefer, like on a personal level? This one's probably my favorite, too. Yeah. Just because yeah, him, him I... putting on the Austin vest and shit and everything, like this, this is my favorite <laughs> by far. Yeah, and this is the... Uh, um, this is the Limp Biscuit uh, promo package, right? Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. seventeen and this one had Limp Biscuit That's promo right. packages. The, the famous one is seventeen, the My it's Way 17. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, My yeah, Way. Yeah. That's what I thought this yeah. one was. No. Well, I actually, brought that they, up they, they have one here too, which is like very similar. And I'm surprised this one doesn't get brought up more. It's probably they were trying to recreate it. They knew what they oh, had yeah. when when they yeah, when yeah. they fucking released it. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna get this again." Um, no, man, it's probably this one. It's it's nostalgic to me. Like, I remember this one more than the other two, mm-hmm. uh, just because I remember where I was when I watched it and everything. Um, the Rock and Austin, like, th- those were guys that I watched for the spectacle mm-hmm. um, uh, more than, like, the technical prowess of their matches and everything. I loved I loved the show that they always brought. Yeah. I think this one, yeah, too, they- was just a part. This whole 19 was just an iconic WrestleMania, so, like, this one always just stuck out to me because of the card and like right at this time or whatever, like this was like prime me time mm-hmm. and shit. So like anything around that, like 2000 to 2004 range, like I got it pretty high up, like in my personal favorites. Yeah. I mean, personally for me, you can't beat 17, uh, both as a WrestleMania as a whole and the stone cold and rock match that that match was just built up so organically. 
like Austin got injured, Rock took the ball, Austin came back, and now there's two top guys fighting for the like it was a very simple story. Right. And then yeah. the match. Obviously everybody remembers the finish with Vince and all that shit, but the match itself holds up. I mean, I watched yeah. it semi recently. It still holds up. I mean, it just yeah. uh it was peak attitude era too. So everything with that and the card before it is just incredible. But this is a close second for me. Amazing match. I mean, Rock and Austin, you can't go wrong with these two. It's like the cliche, you know, rivalry that people bring up. That people that don't even watch wrestling know about Stone Cold and The Rock. So it's like it's they were rivals, yeah. Iconic to say the least. Um but in the build up to this, a few notes here. So Austin has brought up in like interviews and in his books that uh he was hospitalized before this show. Um I believe he was dehydration or too much caffeine or maybe a little bit of both. He like passed out in his hotel and he wasn't sure he was going to make this match, uh, which like yeah. knowing that is, is crazy what he did. Yeah. Here yeah. This match. He, the anxiety he had, uh, uh, he had an anxiety attack. Right. Uh, and, he, yeah. and they, they think it was attributed to, cause he was, uh, he was really hooked on, um, energy drinks back then, which I didn't even realize energy drinks were a thing back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Red Bull had just got on the scene, but they were probably pretty sketchy at first. Yeah, too. yeah, they probably were. It's kind of like like the OG Four Locos. They probably they, had crack yeah. in them. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. I've never blacked out so more drinking than with the OG Four Locos. <laughs> do you do you know what the deal was with those? Yeah, it was alcohol and caffeine and the yeah. same thing, right? Like I, it, I just it, missed that. Yeah, it's like an absurd amount of caffeine in them. Like, I'm bombed four four logos in one night. Yeah, one of the, <laughs> I beat a kid nearly to death once off of like three four logos. Uh, okay, that was, 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 was a tough night. Yeah, we all have those nights. Yeah, everybody everybody's had that that kind of night. At you least might even point. fight a nigga too. Drink yeah. my beer, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I always oh, say. Four logos. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I've never had a good night drunk on four logos. Never. Fuck no, dude. <laughs> Um, but no four logos here. We just got Stone Cold and The Rock. Um, so Rock, I, the match is great, man. I mean, especially the finish. Um, I love how it kind of builds with The Rock uh, attacking the leg of Austin, chop blocks on the outside, then he's putting on the Stone Cold vest and just being a dickhead. Hollywood Rock is just Peak. something else, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, and then, but like once he puts on the vest, <laughs> it's at this point where Austin like starts making a comeback. Does all the classic Austin stuff, the Luthes press, uh, clotheslines. And we, a lot of finisher trading here towards the end. Yeah. Uh, Rock, Austin hits Rock with a rock bottom. And then Rock comes back and hits Stone Cold with a stunner. Stone Cold selling of that away. first stunner was the most <laughs> garbage shit I've ever seen. His knees, like he was man. already He's like got bionic knees. Rock hadn't even like dropped to his butt yet. Stone Cold was already like head first into the fucking mat. Like it was, it was about as terrible as it gets. Sounding like, well, the Rock is proficient. It's it's the Rock. Rock doesn't know how to do the stunner. He's not the master of it like Mr. Steve Austin is. So, um, but then the Rock. So Rock hits him with the stunner. They get back to their feet. Rock hits some pretty intense punches. Like the the intensity and the aggressions ramping up here towards the end. Yeah. He goes for that final, you know, spit in the hand, then punch, misses. Stone Cold hits a stunner for a two count. And then it kind of starts even the crescendo keeps building towards the end. Uh, Rock hits Austin with a low blow. Goes for the people's elbow. But Austin gets up, goes for the stunner. And then Rock hits 
counters that, hits a spine buster, throws the jacket off, hits the people's elbow, only gets a two count, which is only a handful of times that's ever happened, I feel like. Um, but then it's ultimately three rock bottoms, and each one, like, the rock progressively had to, you know, work. At first, you had to really fight to get that rock bottom, and then the second one, you had to, like, dodge one strike and hit it, and then the third one, like, Austin's just, like, dead, and he's just dead in the water. He just picks him up, hits him with a really impactful-looking rock bottom. Just all of it. He knew that was the last move. He was going to sell it as much as he could, and uh, that gives the rock the win, and uh, rock is the moment after where rock is him and Austin are in the middle of the ring. And rock basically tells Austin that he appreciates everything he's done. Like this, is, he's told us in like interviews and documentaries and stuff, yeah. a cool moment here at the end and gives Austin the ring. And ultimately this is Austin's last match, unless you count the Kevin Owens deal. Um, but yeah, this match rule. I'm st- I didn't start even to finish. I remember watching this and um, it didn't even dawn on me that it was Stone Cold's last match. Like I didn't, either, under- yeah. I didn't understand that. And then when I didn't, it took me ages to even realize like I hadn't seen him on TV. Like, oh, wait, where, you know, Stone Cold hasn't been wrestling in a long time. And mm-hmm. then just like quietly quit. Like it was a guy that retired and I never even knew that he was retired. Yeah. It just just wasn't on TV anymore. Yeah. Kind of uh, the way to go out, I feel like. It's mm-hmm. kind of fade off into the sunset. Yeah. Um, the Rock. Uh, uh, did I can't remember uh, this match too much. Was uh, did the Rock use the camera in this one too, where he's holding up the, the camera and he's flipping him off? I don't think it was. I don't think this match he did. No. It wasn't this one, right? Damn it. Okay. No. I think that was their first WrestleMania match, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because I always he always threw on the vest, like so. Right. That's what always uh, uh, messes me up is that was like <laughs> one of his favorite things to do in their matches. Throw uh, he kept it on for a long up. time in this he match. He did though. too. He wrestled in that motherfucker for. Well, 80s. Hollywood Rock came start. That was his thing was the vest and the leather pants anyway. So. Like right. the whole run, I mean that that was what he was in. So you're saying he's not mocking Stone Cold. He just really likes leather. Yeah, he's like, yes. you know what? This vest looks good no, on me too, man. He mocked him in this match, but it's I mean, it. like, I just know. remember those ones when he was coming in, like even when he was uh, doing the like singing and shit. Like he always he came back with the leather vest and the fucking leather pants. I didn't mm-hmm. fucking realize it. No wonder his character was so good. He was just ripping off Stone Cold, man. He's just a leather daddy. The Rocket is. That's really what his character is. We're learning here. We're learning. Um, but yeah, awesome match. Any other thoughts on this one before we head off to the main event? Yeah, just like Kyle said, like I didn't realize this was his last match either. So, but it was a hell of a way to fucking go out. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, because in Rock's promo earlier, he was like, "This is going to be the last time they fight each other." And I think at the time, I thought, "Well, Rock's going to go to Hollywood after this." Right. But I didn't think that, which is the case. They, had, they ultimately both end up leaving, you know, right. within a month mm-hmm. or two. So, crazy, crazy. But that's the past, and we got the future here. We got the main event. WrestleMania 19, we got the WWE title on the line. We got the champion, Kurt Angle, defending against Brock Lesnar. What's the thing that you guys think about when you hear this match? Dude, big fight. I mean, the shooting the star press about Brace's fucking shooting, Yeah, yeah the shooting That's what everybody press. thinks about when they... They hear yeah. about this match, but do you is that is that moment in your eyes like is it a WrestleMania moment or is it just like a really big botch to you guys? Both. I mean both, yeah. You think just both? Okay, so you'd still consider a WrestleMania moment the I actually have seen him hit that in person 
at OVW yeah. down in Louisville. Like I was it. at one of those shows. Right. I've Kurt seen was him do way that. Way too far across the ring, man. <laughs> like. Well, God, see, I think because Brock, I've I've seen clips of him doing it in like he, like uh, dark matches and stuff. I feel like he could have hit it, but you see the hesitation like at the last yeah. second. If you go back and watch it, if he didn't hesitate, he might have hit it because he well, was pretty a lot close. Of it, what he said too was at that time he was so big and heavy, like he was scared no matter how he hit it. If he right, hit it on Kurt yeah. too close, he was scared he might have fucked Kurt up just from the impact, not even like botching the move. So that's why they had him kind of far out so he could kind of do it but still land partially on Kurt and like not break his whole fucking 400 pound body at the time mm-hmm. down on Kurt. At least that's how he explained I, I've heard him explain it on like different fucking podcasts about it and shit or whatever. Well I mean dude you, you think about like the damage that Billy Kidman, who the fuck was it? Billy Kidman knocked someone the fuck out with, with a shooting star press. That It was bound to happen with Billy Kidman shooting star yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. Was fucking terrible. It was chaotic as hell. I forget so who he crazy. injured, but I remember that being. I think, then they turned I think it into it a storyline. Was it Paul London? Maybe. Was Paul London? I, th- I thought it was Chavo, but I think Paul London. They might have done it in a storyline sense because I know they yeah. did that. I think he might have done it to somebody before that though, which sparked yeah, that. So, but so I can see, I can see the fear of Brock Lesnar. Like, look, if this goes wrong, I'll like kill the man under me. Essentially, right. yeah, almost killed himself mess. instead. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact, I mean, look, both these guys get fucked up in this match because Kurt right. came into this because he hurt his neck at No Way Out the month yeah. before this. And then he got some like temporary surgery. I forget what the exact thing was. It wasn't like a full on fusion or anything. It was like some sort of bullshit. Like, yeah, I'll they did a like a, they put like a chip or something or fucking in it, like to keep his neck sturdy or something like that. It was essentially the, the joke was like that uh, 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 Brock Lesnar damn near broke his neck in a match that Kurt was wrestling with a broken, with neck. A broken <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Cause like that, that in mind, like the match, like it's fine. It could have been a lot better without those injuries. Right. But, um, I don't know. What would you guys think of it? I guess overall this one, I love the vibe that these guys give off because just of how legit, like I was like, dude, that's, yes. that, that's, that's two human beings that could rip. 99% of the world population of like, like piece to piece, like fucking with their bare hands, like just mm-hmm. knowing that those guys are legitimate, um, badasses. So I, I love, I love the vibe of just knowing when those two would link up, like they just, the amount of realism kind of that could get incorporated into their matches. Yeah. And they, they built up to this for a while. Cause yeah. like for like months. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like there was, cause there were occasions where Kurt would like tease, like a match with Brock Lesnar, but then he hired Heyman to be his manager. And then there was some like contract shit where it was, Oh, the match is off. And then they would do all this, like duck in and dive, like RN said for months. And they actually had a title match on SmackDown a few weeks before this, but it ended up being uh Eric angle was in the place yeah, of Kurt yeah. angle. And then they did the whole switcheroo thing. And then Kurt rolled up Brock. So the buildup was fun, was uh, pretty fun. And I think the week before this, Kurt attacks Brock with a two by four, another cartoon weapon, uh, hits him in the ribs with it. So Brock comes out with taped ribs and a lot of the offense is geared towards those ribs from Kurt. A lot of grinding down submissions from Kurt like Bro, in the first the way, half of this. The way he was fucking tossing 400 pound Brock Lesnar around. Efforts fucking release German suplexes and shit like. Kurt Angle is the fucking man, yo. Dude, I mean, yeah, like you said, he flipped Brock like one, 180 degrees, landed on yeah. his stomach from a German suplex. 
Um, looked pretty gnarly. And then he throws out, uh, at one point, throws out the angle slam for a two count. And then Brock comes back with an F5 for a two count. And like these finisher kickouts weren't like as prevalent as they are nowadays. So that was right. pretty crazy to see at the time. Um, ankle locks in the ankle lock at some point. Brock gets to the ropes, oh, kicks angle off. Sorry, I got that in my no, nose. Yeah. The transition from that angle lock, he had him up for the F5, spent mm-hmm. him around. Kurt landed on his feet. He did some like weird ass fucking like. Leg takedown move. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. On Brock yeah. to get him down. Like that shit was fucking beautiful. Like I don't know what the fuck it was. Never seen it before. But that transition into the fucking that, of course he made made that beautiful ass move and then he couldn't get his arms around his fucking foot for the angle right. took him a little <laughs> bit. But that yeah, that I had that in my nose, that that transition. That right. shit was fire. That was that was like one of the um the neat little things that Kurt did for a while was uh uh, try to impress you with how he could get an ankle lock from any position. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kind of like, kind of like what what Randy Orton does with the RKO. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Kurt was doing a, a bit of that for a while with that ankle lock, just like oh, he with, could get that from any position. Right. Like it's Benoit, man. All oh, the back and yeah. forth those two guys had was incredible. And yeah, similar thing here with Brock. I mean, like you guys said, like they're both legit amateur wrestlers. So the chemistry is there from the jump and then just their abilities and their their ways that they can like do you like classic wrestling things, but with their unique spin on it, like the right. takedowns and the submissions like 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 I would like Triple H was doing like the submissions on Booker T, but they were just boring ass, like very clunky. Leg down. locks, whereas this, it's like really intense, like takedowns, and then I'm gonna bend you back, and then like all that stuff. So it's like even like the the rest holds, quote unquote, were like intense. So yeah, and yeah, I feel like um, I feel like this is also a a, a matchup that um would have been great as like a legacy match years down the road had like paths right. not turned out the way they had, like mm-hmm. had these guys met ten years later in a WWE ring. Um, really felt like it would have um, even been a bigger match. It's just obviously they went down such different paths that by the right. time they were in the same company at the same time again, Kurt Angle um, was like done. Like he couldn't do yeah. anything. That was, you know, I'm, I'm referencing when he retired to Baron Corbin. You know, mm-hmm. there's no way we could have got back to Angle and Lesnar. But I feel like I feel like at one point that match could have been run back like a decade down the road. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. They actually, they did have a uh, a New Japan match. I think yeah, it was like 2006 or something. Yeah. That's true. They did, didn't they? I've never oh, seen man. it. I, I want to go and watch that now, actually. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the closest I'm going to get to this fantasy of mine. Right. Uh, hell yeah, I'm going to watch that shit tonight. You got Brock with a tattoo against Kurt Angle, so that's, yeah. that's enough, right? Yeah. It was for the in New Japan Intercontinental title. It was all right. It was a good match. It wasn't nothing, nothing really to fucking yeah. like lose your shit over, but they did actually wrestle like... Outside yeah. of WWE. Um, but yeah, so Ang- Angle gets kicked off of this ankle lock. He goes flying back, and you can see where he fucks his neck up. Like, the way he bumps on his back and his head whiplashes back, it is just, he, like, immediately grabs it. And um, the match ends, like, not too far after that. I feel like some audibles must have been called on this because, yeah, yeah the finish definitely was kind of a little, la- um, what's the word, anticlimactic a little bit. Um, I think Brock went on record saying he doesn't remember uh, he does, anything. Yeah. Like he has no memories of I the match. Yeah. 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 Um, 
beyond the uh, shooting star press. I think he said like he got the, he got a concussion from that. And I want to say, if I'm recall this correctly, like Kurt walked him through the finish. Yeah, no, because after you know, Brock gets an F5, goes to the top, goes for the shooting star and misses, lands on his head, and um, it's very soon. I think because they both get up, and I think Brock just hits the F5 after that, unless I'm forgetting something. I think he like counters an angle slam or something, then just hits the F5. Yeah, it's like a for brief, the just a brief exchange into one more F5. Yeah. Yeah, so they definitely crawled to the finish here. Like you said, Kurt's with a broken neck. Brock is concussed and all banged up. Um, but they finished it, and ultimately the match, it was probably better than it should have been knowing these injuries. But right. um, like it was their first time meeting, I believe, in a one-on-one match, and they would pretty much have a ton of matches for the rest of the year. Like pretty much every pay-per-view, it felt like these guys mm-hmm. are facing each other in some capacity. But they had the great chemistry, like we talked about, Brock wins, new champ. They hug after to close the show. So ultimately, I thought it was it was a a good note to end on, even though the, the botch aside, like Brock wins, it's he's their guy, and uh, ultimately, uh, just a fun main event. Not nothing, not, not match of the year, I would say, or anything like that. But it was just a really good WrestleMania main event in, in an era where we're like getting away from the Attitude Era shit with all the shenanigans, like the Vince Vince versus Hogan stuff. This is just a good wrestling match in a main event WrestleMania, which I thought was cool. I think the injuries kind of hampered it. I thought it did have potential to be like match of the year type stuff. And it was still a great yeah. match, but they just did too much. Tried to be too different. Tried to steal the show and like kind of pay- the quality of the match kind of paid for it. It was definitely a, a gear they probably would have hit had they not been injured for sure. Right. Brock, uh, Brock actually named. Oh, he didn't name him, but he said um, the uh, kind of playing on what RN was talking about. The hesitation in the shooting star press was uh, he. um it wasn't his idea to do it. He uh, he went mm. on and said that there was a producer, and he said, I won't name who it is because he holds him at fault for the moment and the match derailing. Like, he holds this guy at fault, um, whoever the producer was of that match, because mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, he said he had to be talked into it. He didn't want to do it um, to uh, a lesser degree. Right. Yeah, I'd love to know that, too. I'd love to know who he's talking about, just to hear who he pins that moment on. You know what I mean? I just want to attach a face to the blame. Hey, man, when that Brock biography comes out. Yeah, dude. (laughs) That's going to be something. (laughs) That's going to be a good read. Um, Brock's another guy, too, that it's crazy how much time, like how how long he's been doing this. Um, Yeah. Because he doesn't, he he hasn't aged either, but this shit was, you know, like 20 years ago. I mean, what did he debut, 2001? He was super young. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He debuted at like twenty two, twenty three. He also had like, like a four or five year gap too. Yeah, but um, but either way, like either way, he's been in professional wrestling now for a damn near thirty mm-hmm. years, and yeah. he's still like like Top I don't know level. if anyone else. I don't think he's perceived as has any like he's slowed down at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? His style is just different from what right. it was. I'm trying to see like what the age difference between these two are because I think they're pretty similar. Kurt's oh, got to beat him by like five to ten years older. Oh, it's actually more. Yeah, Brock's forty six. Brock or uh, Kurt is fifty four. Brock so is forty six. Uh, Damn. Yeah. Dude, a fifty Which, year old uh, Brock is going to be such a weird thing to perceive. <laughs> you got to think that it's just gonna, the bottom's going to fall out at some point because, like you say, he's still yeah. going at a pretty good pace, even though he's not wrestling every night or anything. It's just probably wise. Yeah. Been able to maintain the longevity he has, but yeah, but his, uh, his home life is. Around. His home life is fucking more hectic and harsh than 
his wrestling career. This motherfucker's got a cattle farm. Have you ever seen some of those clips of him fucking literally just like manhandling steers over and shit and everything like that? Like he no. fucking works. <laughs> I've seen some of his butcher yeah. videos, but I haven't seen his uh, cattle. Yeah, oh, the butcher video is where he debuted the fucking top knot. Yeah, right, I, yes. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that shit. That's that was that was like the cowboy Brock origins right there, man. Yeah, Fuck for it, sure. Love um, cowboy Brock. Well, boys, that's WrestleMania 19. Um, any other thoughts? I mean, what would you? Where would you? Where do you put this WrestleMania? Like in terms of like other WrestleManias? Like, is it top five? Top three? Top ten? I feel top like five. it's. Yeah, it's it's hard to even like for me, like it's 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 worst offense is it's not WrestleMania 17. Like it feels <laughs> like it feels like WrestleMania 17's like sequel, like unofficial sequel. Um, well, I mean, uh, even with that, and that's why I say it's top five, because it had so many so many special things in it that we forget are special until we go back and look at it. Like we said, it's Stone Cold's last match, <clears throat> fucking Hogan yeah. versus Vince. Fucking the racist angle with Triple H and Booker T. Like, there's so many, like, <laughs> counterpoints to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's hard not to rank it up at least six or seven all time, if not top five. Yeah. It's a good – it's a it's a really good mania. Do you guys judge the new manias as separate shows, or do you judge them both nights as just yeah. one show? It's tough, because I would say both the last, the last two manias were – Fantastic. I would put the last two manias top five personally. But here's, but it's, the it's, thing, it's, here's the thing, it, though, is like you go back to our last mania. The first night is like an all time great. The second night mm-hmm. is kind of just like, like, right. OK, you know, apples I mean? and oranges. For yeah, sure. I look yeah, at it as yeah, one yeah, show because yeah. it is just technically one show. They just split it up because we got people got tired of complaining about eight fucking hours of WrestleMania and yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. New Japan has been doing this for year years with Wrestle yeah, Kingdom. So, so it's like, so you can, motherfucker, you still, you it can still be done. both nights. Yeah. Yeah, it's WrestleMania. Nights. Like, I don't look at it as, like, two separate. You wouldn't pay-per-view. say, like, WrestleMania 34, like, night one is, like, number five in your rank, and then no. night two was further down. Oh, it's no. Like, yeah, yeah, I it's, together. it's all the same, because, like I said, it's, it's, it, it's one show. Like, it, it, they just split it up so they're not fucking torturing us with 10 <clears> hours of fucking wrestling on a Sunday. Right. Yeah. For sure, for sure. It's a well, good, it's a it's a really good mania, man. I, I'm thank you for making me have a reason to go back and watch it. It was yeah, for it's sure. a good mania. It's a good mania. No, I appreciate you guys coming on. I feel pretty smacked raw after this episode. But speaking uh, of which, where can everybody find the Smacked Raw podcast? Watch you guys live. Listen to you and tweedle your nipples until you come. Uh, that would that would. Uh, that's, that's the that's Patreon, a, right? Yeah. That's, that's wrong, that's wrong, smacking it podcast. Oh, yeah. shit. I was getting you guys confused. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Um, do we shoot the rewind? Uh, our wrestling show on uh, Tuesdays. We do it live. Um, you can catch it on Tuesday nights, 930 Eastern time. Uh, me and RN. We're live on twitch.tv slash smacked raw or youtube.com slash smacked raw podcast. Uh, we, we're live on both platforms. Um, otherwise, the the recordings of the show, the audio version of podcasts, they're they're everywhere. Like name name a platform we're probably on it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, there's there's audio platforms I haven't even heard of that my podcast just seeps onto somehow. I don't know how yeah. that works, but but um, I mean, if you want to reach out to me directly, I'm uh, uh, at the Kai Tai Show 
on Twitter. I'm not too really active with like posting anymore, but I still use it to to link up with people and chat and shit like that. I mean, it's X. More X. Is it officially X? Is it? This isn't like this isn't like some like parody like two week like haha got you. I think it's gonna be a thing. You think so? It's weird, man. Who knows? What about you? Did you uh, you you plug me? You can find me on the X or whatever the fuck it is, Mister Eight Nine Eighty Four. Check out Route Four Kennels on Instagram. If you need any dogs, Frenchies, American Bullies, Toy Poodles, we got you covered. You got any cats? Working on that. I think I'm gonna get a hairless cat for Christmas. Oh, oh. fuck no, dude! Don't do that. A nice raw dude, chicken. <laughs> a nice ball sack to pet. Once again, thank you to RN and Kyle from the Smacked Raw podcast. Appreciate you boys joining me on this show. Always a great time. Go check out the Smacked Raw podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as live on Twitch every week. All their info. In the description, check her out. While you're down there, check out my social medias. Go follow me if you want, if you don't want to. I don't blame you, um, but, you know, it'd be, it'd be great. And it would make me a happy, happy boy. Um, yeah, I've, I think we've done it today, everybody. Uh, fun show. Fun show. Love me some WrestleMania 19. Got a lot of stuff coming in the next coming weeks, so keep your eyes out. But I'm ahead out of here. Thank you guys for listening. Love you all. Appreciate you all. If I could, if I could, if I could jump through the screen, or if I could jump through your earbuds or your speaker and give you a big old hug and a kiss on the cheek, I would. But we don't have that technology yet. But once. By God, once they once they invent it, you know I'm gonna be the first one to jump through those earbuds right into your ear hole. This went down a path that I didn't really. I just wanted to thank you for listening. Bye. I'm hard. Yeah. Talk around and disregard it. Should you walk the ground, show you what heart is. Send it strong to proud of your knockers. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Should you walk the ground, show you what heart is.